Ladies and gentlemen, up until now you've seen the creature perform the simple mechanics of motor activity, but for what you're about to see next, we must enter quietly into the realm of genius. Ladies and gentlemen, mesdames et messieurs, Damen und Herren, from what was once an inarticulate mass of lifeless tissues, may I now present a cultured, sophisticated man about town. Hit it! The, the, the Sketchomatic Show. Woo, 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 woo. Mountain Lion. Shout out and rest in peace to P-22, Hollywood's most famous mountain lion. Oh, sad news, but I am back with a brand spanking new episode of the Sketcho Show podcast. Sketchy, sketchy. The holidays are upon us, the sleigh bells are jangling, and the Christmas music is a-bumping. And speaking of Christmas music, well, today's episode, my special guest hails from the very famous, iconic radio station that is all about the Christmas music during the holiday season, Coast 103.5's very own producer for LNK's Morning Show, joins me on this episode, and we have a lot of ground to cover in radio talk, family talk, of course, the family losses we've both experienced, and then she flips the podcast on me and starts interviewing me. Wow. My special guest today is also known as, quote-unquote, the wedding planner for Ellen Kay's morning show. I mean, this woman does it all. She wears many hats, plays many roles within that morning show. And to have her on the podcast here with me today is very special. She's really been a dear friend to me. She's uh, been a fan of the podcast since day one. What? I know. Go figure. No idea. But she's listened to every episode. Wow. And she's told me that verbatim, and I believe her. Because she's actually proven it with notes and facts and stuff I don't even remember. Stupid. And not to mention, my special guest today can cook some mean tamales. I mean, my my taste buds were rejoicing. It was almost reminiscent of my mom's cooking. That's what it reminded me of. And as I stated at the top of the show about the P-22 mountain lion that just recently was put down humanely, I never felt such sorrow and sadness for a wild mountain lion that I'm grateful I never ran into, but I was also very grateful that he was around and I knew he was out there in the mountains somewhere. And when I go on hikes, I always had it in the back of my mind. Am I going to run into P-22 today? Thankfully, it never happened, but I was always such a fan of his survival tactics and how he was able to be alone in the Hollywood mountains here near Griffith Observatory and just... You know, surviving. But rest in peace, P-22. I hope they make a movie about you one day. In today's episode, we also talk about a very dear friend to us in the radio imaging world, whose name was Forrest Martin, who recently passed away. And we give a, a little bit of an obituary about him and the great person he was. But more or less, we're just talking about life and radio and how to get into radio and how my special guest went from working regular jobs to ultimately working her way into Coast 103.5 and climbing up the ladder to be given the position of producer of the LNK Morning Show. 
There's so much more details I can give you, but I don't want to just spoil it. So without further ado, episode 18. Let's Olympic style high dive in. Oh my God. Oh my God. Special guest from iHeartRadio's Coast 103.5, producer of the Ellen King Morning Show. That's right. You heard the cat lady, the text-to-speech lady. She introduced my guest today, my very special guest today, our first sit-down podcast interview. And, you know, I got to say, this woman plays many roles. The producer for Ellen K's morning show at Coast 103.5 here in Los Angeles, but otherwise known as the wedding planner for Ellen K, Darlene Rodrigo, social Thank you, Sketch. What's up, Darlene? Oh, you're so sweet. I love how you had everything prepared when I came in today to record with you. You brought me some water. That's my job. I mean, you're just really on on top of it. How are you? I'm good. I mean, it's it, coming off of a rough weekend, but otherwise, got to be thankful for the blessings we have. Um, and thank you. I know we've been trying to get together for a while yeah. now, and I've listened to your every single episode of your podcast. Should I apologize for that? Or? No, no, uh. no. Here's the thing. I love sound, and I that's why I work in this industry, and I've stuck around this long. But um, I have a couple of notes for you, because yeah. since I'm like a P1. Yeah, you are okay. a P1. Uh, can you describe what that is? for? A P1 some, yeah. is like the prime listener, the ultimate A-plus VIP listener that never misses a show. Yeah. So we love our people. It's like appointment listening. Yes. Right. And I really appreciate you taking the time to listen because we didn't really know each other. We only knew each other Mm-mm. from emailing and production because I work in commercial production at yes. iHeart. And I'd have to email you because you're Ellen K's producer to get her commercials. Yes. Right. That's how the chain of command works. And you were always so responsive, always re- replied. But when I started my podcast, that's when I think we really connected. Yeah. And then all of your drama with Instagram happened oh, yeah. <laughs> and you got a new account. And I was like, dang, yeah. what's going on oh, with this guy? Oh, it was guy? terrible. You know, Kristen Lamone <laughs> from Alt 98.7 said it best. She's all, I don't think, I think Instagram doesn't like you, yeah. Sketch. Um, but I was telling Big Boy, let's let's just jump into that Instagram debacle real quick. Uh, and then we'll move forward with your notes, which I'm very curious yes. to, to talk about. <laughs> but as far as the Instagram thing, I'm just going to put it this way. If you want to use an app to analyze your followers... on Instagram. Don't do it. Yes. Uh, I did that. I made the mistake. And the app that I purchased off the App Store Mm. would look legit. Now, I'm going to also take fault, though. I I take It's all my fault. I thought somebody was trolling me, Mm. right? And I was like, man, I know Instagram isn't that quick to respond to somebody troll. Like, to if somebody's saying, report your account. Yes. It it takes them forever to get to it, right? It's not going to just happen like that. My account, previous account, the at Sketchomatic account was pretty PG. It wasn't very anything, anything yeah. risque or promiscuous. It's just radio nerd stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. And I decided to download this app. I'm not even going to say the name of the app because I don't want anybody else to make the same mistake. But just, I downloaded it and it worked for about three days and it worked really good. It was only 10 bucks. So what does it tell you? It, it differentiates the bot accounts from real accounts. Oh. And it could also tell you who'd unfollowed you, okay. who may have blocked you. I wasn't really worried about that stuff yeah, because... Yeah. I, I had over 2,700 followers, which took me 10 years to gain, right? Because that's organic followers for the most part. Exactly. All uh, people. uh, What's it called? Uh, (laughs) Unique IP addresses, as as the the tech world would refer to it. And 
Well, once the 72 hours passed, I went to go check the the app that analyzed the followers. And sure enough, it just said, oh, you having trouble logging into your Instagram. And I was like, oh, what's happening? So I restarted the app again. Same thing. And then I went to Instagram. It opened for a split second, and then that drop down came. It's all, you've been suspended. Go fuck yourself. Dang. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> that sucks. By the way, we can curse on this podcast, yes, darling. Yes. Do you then, curse at all? Yes. You don't seem like a curser to oh, me. Oh, my gosh. You do? I curse. Yeah, I know you're, are you Latino? You're Latino, right? I am, yeah. I, you, what, are you Mexican? I'm half Mexican, oh. half Ecuadorian. Oh, very yeah, nice. My dad I'm, was born in Ecuador. Oh, nice. I was born in Mexico City. <laughs> yes. Do you speak Spanish? I do. God damn it. And speaking of Mexico City, just sidebar, because we're going to sidebar a lot. I sidebar. I'm all about sidegressing, digressing. My great great grandfather's skull is in a museum in Mexico City. (laughs) Wow. I wonder if, like, our our ancestors (laughs) or, you know, our family knew each other to some degree. I'm sure. Yeah. All I know is that he was like the Robin Hood of that day back then. Not the app. No, no, no. The actual he Robin helped, Hood, right? Like, poor people. <laughs> yes. He would steal from the rich to give to the poor. Yeah. And um, he was a, a thing. And they have a movie about him. And, you know, like there's one famous picture in the family. And I don't know who has it, but I'm hoping that it gets passed on to me. Wait, the movie about your... My great, great grandfather. Really? Yeah. Well, and, I mean, you said Robin Hood, but they, it's not the Robin Hood movie. What movie are you talking so, about? I don't know the exact name of uh-huh. the title, but it's about El Tigre del... Santa Julia and that's who my great great grandfather is and so there's a cool picture if you google that you'll see it um, and his skull is in the museum in Mexico City so it is my goal to go see my great grandfather I was gonna ask you have you been to Mexico City I've never I've never I don't own a passport Oh, you know what, though? It's kind of hard to do that nowadays, yeah. though. Post-Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's rough. And you, to be honest, my dad, because he's a permanent resident, he never he's not like a full citizen. He's so nervous to get his yeah. stuff in order, even though he's like legitimate. Yeah. He's worked here his whole life. Yeah, it almost doesn't matter but anymore. You got to be we careful. We can't even go on cruises or yeah. anything because he's, af- you know, he's afraid and it's sad that he should he shouldn't be afraid. I have dual citizenship, meaning... I was born in Mexico City, but oh. my mom was from San Fernando here in California. Why were you born out there? Uh, because my mom uh, left to Mexico City to pursue her singing career. Oh, right? and cool. And she didn't know how to speak Spanish either. Oh, my gosh. And when she, she moved to Mexico City and lived there for, I'd say, about four or five years, in that time, she learned to speak, write, and read in Spanish and, and sing. And she became like, she was kind of the shit out there. She yeah. was kind of famous. Dang. Uh, she was with a band called uh, Castros. Uh, his name was Arturo Castro. I, I don't know if he's still around. Cool. He may or may not be, but he's definitely up in years. But at the time, this is like 1974. Nice. And my mom uh, went down there and she, well, I hate saying down there. Geographically, she went yes. over there. Okay. <laughs> Learned that from Robin Quivers on Howard Stern Show. Thank you, Robin. Um, <laughs> nobody's listening. And, and then she... She meets my father, who's the recording engineer on the album. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, then and then bam. Five years born. later. What's funny, as a quick sidebar, I don't think I've ever told this on the podcast. This is a quick little, I guess this is a Sketchomatic Show podcast exclusive Ooh. from Sketchomatic. Yeah. Um, and then we'll move forward with you, Darlene. I don't want to make it about me, but this is interesting. I think you'll find this uh, very romantic and slightly, uh, well, I don't know what else to say, cock blocking. Um, <laughs> My dad, the, uh, there was a, there was a few gentlemen that worked in the engineering with my dad in that time, right in Mexico City, and my dad Victor Nava. Everybody had a crush on my mom, uh. right? She's gorgeous, right? And then 
this one guy, I don't know who he was, he bought her flowers, but he was too afraid to give them to her. Mm. So he asked my dad, hey, Victor, will you give these to Diana and tell her they're from me? And he goes, okay, yeah, sure. And he goes, and here you go, Diana. This is from, and she goes, oh my God, are these from you? And he's like, yep. Oh my gosh. And he stole. He stole it. (laughs) Woo, she. That is scandalous. I know. What a move, right? Can't say I wouldn't have done the same. I wouldn't have not done the same thing. Imagine this drop dead gorgeous lady looking you in the eyes. Of course, she's, he's yeah. going to say yes. Yeah. I mean, I have Man. a very, very uh, strong crush on uh, Brianna Ruffalo from ABC7. Okay. Right? I mean, I, I can't. Are you a news junkie? Well, let's see. I'm a news junkie to the point where I'll listen to the stories, and then once they start repeating, I don't need to pay attention gotcha, to it. Gotcha, but gotcha. I like having it on in the background while I'm editing. Okay. Just as atmosphere. But when I hear her come on and see her come You're on, like, ah. I turn around and I think to myself, man, I wish I could pull my father's move. Like, and say like, <laughs> oh, she'll go, these flowers, yes, Brianna. Oh, man. You know, so do you have any recordings of your mom singing? I do. I do, actually. She sang... Um, Roberta Flax killing me softly in acoustic in Spanish. And she oh was the first gosh. woman in the world to do that. Oh, that's beautiful. Please I mean, play a clip. I will. I will have to pull it from the actual vinyl. actually never played a clip of her yet. I played it on my previous Instagram. to go back to the Instagram thing um, as, as the stream of consciousness is all over the place yeah the podcast is like a, it's like an inception it's like layers okay. deep you know but it, like EJ said when he was on the podcast it's all about the stream of consciousness mm-hmm. you know we're just here having a conversation and obviously I'm going to edit it up a little bit and implement sound effects and cool. all the cool that's stuff that's what I love about your podcast yeah thank you so much I mean I try to make it a little bit more uh, ear candy for the all 10 You're people like listening Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> Sketchy the Hedgehog. <laughs> MacGyver of sound. <laughs> MacGruber. Remember MacGruber? MacGruber. Yeah. That's a freaking genius. MacGruber! But as far as the Instagram thing, <laughs> I got suspended because of this app. So, word to the wise. If you're going to use, if you want to analyze followers and stuff like that, I say you, what I've learned is switch your Instagram to a professional account mm. because that offers you a lot of insight tools that are very useful. Now, with the other app, it actually told you who blocked you, who unfollowed you specifically, which means it was gaining access of their information. Oh. And I learned that it was like a backdoor type of programming hack. Oh. That's why I got Because the algorithm from IG didn't like that analyzing shit. Okay. So they were like, nope, shut it down. And then I started another one literally the next day. And 48 hours later, that got shut down too oh. from the same email address. Oh. And they go, well, don't you have the two security pin authentication? Guess what? The app mm. that I installed copied my phone number. So now when I would oh try to get the pin gosh. number, it wouldn't send it. So you were just screwed. Now, I'm just screwed. And my IG is just floating around in the IG 
ether out there. It's not, not the new one. The new one is now connected to a different okay, email. Good. And I started it with my real name at one point, at Christian Ray, which I let I, I let it be like that for like a good month or so, just because I was afraid. Yeah. I hadn't changed my logo, my default Dang. pick, because I was like, what if algor- the algorithm recognizes the def- the the icon or right. the, the default pick? So I was like, let's take that down, made it something that now I went completely what back. A mess. Yeah, but I it's now at sketch underscore omatic. Okay. So that's just a well, little good easier. luck. I know. <laughs> I hope you can keep this. I one. hope so. Let me check it real quick because I feel like now well, And um little yeah. by the way, yeah. your Go. name has both of my son's name in it. So Christ Ian? <laughs> no. <laughs> my first son is Alexander Christian. That's his middle oh, that's name. That's a beautiful and name. And then my newest son, who's the baby, his name is Ray. Ray, R-E-Y? <laughs> R-E-Y. Like king like in Spanish. King, yeah. yeah, el rey. Ray. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. And yeah. how many kids do you have, darling? I have three. You have three, three kids? Three kids. And, I mean, you seem very young. Did you have your kids young? I started at 21. Really? Yeah, my I first mean... born was at 21. It was a hectic month because I turned 21 and I didn't drink yet. I'm still on. Oh, good. You're alive. <laughs> I'm still on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And you turned 21. When's your birthday, by the way? Um, February 2nd. Oh, I, that's right. Yeah. That's two, right. Two, two, that's two, why two is my number. You're a 222 gal. Yes. Right? Yes. And what and about your sons? Do they revolve around the twos? So they all, all of my kids have a two in their birthday. Isn't that somehow. Wild? Yeah. yeah. So does my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so 21. 21. Sorry. Got knocked up with my... Was I married? I'm like thinking about it. I was not married yet. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Um, But I was with my husband. We are actually, um, I don't know if you would consider it high school sweethearts, but Mm -hmm. we were friends like all throughout high school. And then he knew my boyfriends. I knew his girlfriends and it was all that kind of stuff. But at the end of our senior year, we got together and we got to go to prom together. So that was cool. And like, it just never stopped. What high school did you go to? We went to Diamond Ranch High School in Pomona. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> You're such an L.A. Cali yeah, girl. I grew up out here. I was Go born ahead. in Whittier. Uh-huh. And then... Where um, the girls are prettier. <laughs> then my family moved out to Pomona uh-huh. when I was about five. Uh-huh. And so from five to 18, mm-hmm. say what you will about the city of P-Town, but it raised me and I have a lot of love for the city. Um, it still needs a lot of work and it still needs a lot of love, mm-hmm. but it's a gang... It's known for its gangs right. and it's known for crime. And I wish it wasn't right. because there's just so much. There's so many beautiful people from that city that need to like we should be known for that instead of the bad stuff. Well, you know what? L.A. is known for that in general. That's true. You know, there's so many there's different parts of L.A. for sure that are. But nowadays, with all the smash and grab robberies that aren't even gang related, yeah. even gangs wouldn't do that. You don't even That's need what's a crazy. reason. It's yeah. cra- they're like, not afraid of anything. Cholos and, and Crips and Bloods, they Have wouldn't even integrity. do that. They wouldn't even do that. Yeah. These smash and grab, that's adolescent child. Because here's the thing. I'm going to go ahead and be honest. Yeah. When I was younger, yeah. I would steal car ornaments oh, like off the off front the... of the car. When I was like in seventh and eighth yeah, grade, yeah, yeah. I used to run around. That Collecting was my smash them. and grab. Mm. And I would do it to, a na- I remember specifically doing it to a neighbor that I didn't like. And why though? Just, just because... because just because I could. Okay. And it Because I was a douchebag. Okay, okay. and, and you know, like they say, like kids can be assholes. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm not talking about little kids. I'm talking about like te- young preteens when I was like 12, 13 years old. It's that time of your yeah, life when you I'm make rebelling. a choice. Yeah. Am I going to be good or am I going to no. be bad? Right. Well, I was bad <laughs> undercover and I was good, you know, in front of my mom. Okay. I put on a performance, mm. but she saw through that shit. But I would do that. And then I, I look back and I, I see the news clips of these people stealing, going back to the Pomona yep. thing and, and, you know, the gangs and whatnot. But it is the time that you grew up out there, right? 
it was a rough time. When I grew up in the 90s in Culver City, in West L.A., it was scary. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't really go anywhere without being at least hit up by another gangster going, where you from? Totally. You know what I mean? Totally. It was very nerve-wracking. Hollywood was terrifying back then. Now it's all gentrified. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? There's a club on every corner. Yeah, it's all fancy. Yeah, everybody, there's there's still homeless people, but there- It barely smells like urine now. Yeah. I I do miss the (laughs) urine-esque stairwell stench. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, man, yeah. I remember I was getting ready for prom when I went with Alex- to yeah. my senior prom, I was doing my eyeliner and I was at the mirror in my room, just like focused, right? I was, my eyelid was down. I was like trying to get it right yeah. in. And I heard the loudest gunshot and it was so loud that like it made me stab my eye. With the, with the eyeliner? Yeah. Oh my God. So all night I had one red eye cause I freaking popped my eye with the eyeliner and my neighbor was killed from Are a drive-by you? shooting. But it wasn't intended for him. No, it it was. It was. Um, he oh. was visiting his grandma, and he was a football star, so he got away from the hood to mm. go play football and was in town visiting for the holiday and for Memorial Day, because it was around that time, and they heard about him coming back, and at that time, it was the Blacks versus the Browns. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they came and got him, yeah. and like I came back. There was all this commotion, and you're just... It's so sad now that I think about it, because I was able to grow out of, of that environment but back then it was so normal right like you hear of gunshots okay duck and crowd yeah keep going on with your with your day right yeah and i can't imagine having to teach my kids that now now that i'm a mom and i mean we hear gunshots when the lakers are playing or dodgers or whatever or fourth of july yeah Yeah, but it's not like intentional gunshots right it's it's a joyful gunshots which is weird because it's just a dangerous a bullet going up in the air and falling down i always i'm afraid of that like i'm afraid of Bullets like just any any kind of bullet ricochet. Anything. I don't own a gun. Yeah, I'm I don't good. either. Yeah, I don't own a gun, and it's so funny. People always ask like, "Why wouldn't you?" And I've never. I mean, number one, I'm not a. I don't want to call people that own guns cowards. Right. But if I'm gonna fight, I'm gonna fight. Right. I'm not gonna turn to my gun and kill you instantly. Like, and that's just not. I don't know. I don't feel comfortable owning a gun. I would be afraid to like try to shoot to kill someone. Yeah. I I feel like if I did own a gun, I would probably just shoot for the like the knee or something. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because I think that hurts even more. (laughs) I do want to practice because I do feel like it's definitely a good skill to have. Oh, absolutely. But you know what? So is archery. I would (laughs) would be a crossbow walking dead type of dude. Like what's his name? Daryl Dixon. You know what I mean? You don't even hear me coming. You just, just all of a sudden you're like, you're like creeping around with the gun in the house. If you're trying to rob me and all of a sudden you just hear, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's it. And I remember my dad showing me how to shoot with a BB gun. I mean, yeah. I'm sure it's a little similar to that, but I still I still do want to eventually get my gun permit and yeah. learn because I should know. Um, and it's just sad. Like, that's the world that we're kind of in right now. Yeah. Um, anyway, I don't know how we got into this. No, gun talk, it's but okay. The, the, we're talking about the Pomona and the area you're going to prom. And this happened on the night of your prom. Yes. And, and your next door neighbor gets killed murdered yes by a drive-by the drive-by shooting wow and yeah. th- and they didn't hit the grandmother no they he was the only one in the front yard oh, man they must have oh he was in the front yeah i see he was in the front yard. i was like man that's some hella good aim no, like no, where the like he was standing because everybody hung out in the front yard oh well, yeah of course that was what it's we like did. boys in the hood yeah exactly yeah, yeah. exactly and so i came back and then i find out actually i found out he died at prom mm. and it, that was intense and then i don't know ever since then i kind of always i mean i I grew up with the guard on my back, but it was sad to know somebody that right. was yeah. 
killed. I knew somebody in high school, this guy named David. He was in my chemistry class with mm. me. He was a, he was a gangster. Mm. And I don't remember what gang is from. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's just the fact that he was super gangster, super cholo, mm-hmm. but really nice, mm. right? Really nice. He didn't really talk much. He was one of those silent cholos. Okay, gotcha. Right? Yeah. What's up? What's up, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. David knew what to do. He was good at work. And eventually he got shot later like in the year and mm-hmm. I remember I came to school one day and he wasn't there Dang. and I talked to one of the security guards Santiago I remember I said man what happened to David where is he at and he's like you didn't hear he got killed <gasps> and it was you know no social media was around yeah. there was no news see, report of thing. it yeah no it's just like I just media. heard of it like a week later and I'm like man yeah or you see it in the paper and he had a kid oh my you know God. he was only like 17 18 or yeah, something like yeah. that see so now that you paint a little picture like that's kind of how it was in that neighborhood yeah. people having kids really young so in my mental state i guess 21 was kind of older for having a kid as crazy as that sounds yeah well i guess you know what i mean it's true especially you grew up in the 90s right yeah and that's the thing like and, and you're you're latina yeah it's almost it's yeah, part I mean, of our culture being 15 and pregnant is you yeah. have one of them in your family it's i knew i knew a girl that was 15 and pregnant in yeah. ninth grade yeah 14 yeah I remember middle school, it was the first time I heard about one of my classmates being pregnant and I was like, dang, she's going to have a baby. My mom had just had a baby when I was 13. So I was thinking that's, that's crazy, but I guess it happens, right? How did your parents react to you getting pregnant at 21 and not married? Um, well, they loved Alex and they knew that we had been friends for years. So they were really excited, but I was, it's so funny. My mental state, I was just not excited to share the news with them because I was a little girl in my mind. Right, And right. I was like, I'm going to get in trouble. But what about your pops? Was pops like, you know? <laughs> no, I was so scared to tell him. I remember the moment and the day and the time and we were in their backyard and I was already moved out and I was doing really well, actually, for a 21-year-old. Yeah. Um, my husband was just becoming a firefighter. Oh, he wow. He had done like the academy and so your husband's a hero yeah like he, he he was doing all of that stuff he finished an academy really young he was very successful and accomplished from an right out of high school Damn. um and did he so, ever do want to serve in the military no he did he didn't do military or never wanted to but he always wanted to be a firefighter that's dope and so he went straight into he's really smart so like the courses were not hard for him, right. but the mechanical stuff was hard for him. Mm. So like being mechanically inclined with tools and ropes and knots and yeah. all of that stuff. But he went to Rio Hondo and then because I was just whipped on him, I was like, I'm going to follow you and go to college there too. Oh. And then so and you mean follow you like physically, like literally, physically, not I on Instagram. I want to drive with you to right. school yeah. and go yeah. to school with you. Wow, that's so romantic. And so oh then my God. we lived together. We went to school together. We were working part time at Best Buy together. Wow. Like all of this stuff. And like we were inseparable. And you and, still are. And we still are, yeah. Let but, me ask you something. Yes, you've never I, been with anybody else. No, I have. I mean, before him, obviously. Yes. But I mean, you've only been with, with him, him before like before marrying him, you had kids yes, together. Yes. And you've only been with him since. Yes. That's the right way to say yes. it. Since. Yes. Wow. Yes. I mean, <laughs> how do you do it? How? How do people I commend people yeah. that are able to find that other person? And have that, that fast. Not, well, like, funny well, thing, he's my number two. What do you mean? Go ahead. He was my second person, like my second real love. Yeah. Oh, so you were in love before that. I mean, I thought I was in love. It was like a real young puppy love mm-hmm. kind of thing. But I was with the guy for over a year and I was like, ah, mm-hmm. and eh, you know, yeah. and, and that, that was one of when I started questioning it, it was like, yeah. all right, this yeah. is this needs to move on. And then it's funny. I didn't want 
a serious relationship. I wanted to explore. I wanted to travel. I wanted to be on my own. Right. I didn't want kids. Right. I just because everything around me had all of that, and I was like, I want something different. Right. I mean, you well, you did gain something different. I mean, you're here. Yeah, yeah. I, that's true. Yeah. But what's so funny is that it, it, he was always the only exception. Mm. Like if I. If I had the chance to be with him or vice versa, like I would change my all of my plans just to be with him. Oh, my God. So Jeez, that's real love. That's when I was like, OK, well, it happened so organically. It felt natural. We were always friends. I think yeah. that's what really. Well, you like, have chemistry. Yes. That's the, a chemistry that people do like. People just want to get together because mm-hmm. they don't want to be alone. Mm-hmm. But they don't have chemistry yeah. with that person. And my mom always said, Christian, you don't truly know somebody. I mean, truly. Yeah. Being friends with somebody yeah. like you and Alex, right? Yes. That's fine because you're young and you both still live at home with your mom and dad. But I mean, once you move out and you move in together, you don't truly know that person until you live with them for two years. Totally. And oh. until you fought with them, not physically, yeah. just until you f- have a good, you know, powwow. Yes. Then you know what each other's <laughs> made of and know what boundaries not to cross, cross and also know what buttons to push yep. and get underneath that person's skin, vice versa. That's when you truly know somebody. Yeah. I mean, even even uh, Neo in the Matrix said it best. Uh, what, no, it was no, it wasn't Neo. It was a uh, Seraph. It was this in Part Two and Reloaded. He was like, "Why did you want to fight me?" <laughs> and then that's Keanu. Keanu or Neo's like, "Why did you want to fight?" And then the guy's like, "You don't truly know someone until you fight them. <laughs> you don't truly know someone until you fight them." And then Keanu's all, "You could have just asked." Could have just asked. <laughs> no, it's true because the first year was such a high level romance, nonstop honeymoon stage. We were engaged within the first year. What? Yeah, like what? he proposed to me on our one year anniversary. Where? Where did Disneyland. he propose to you? Oh my god, at Disneyland. This <laughs> we is were before kids. this is before California Adventure when it was before, just a parking yes, lot. We were in front of the castle. I think California Adventure maybe was brand new. Maybe. I I kind of barely remember that. No. But anyway, yeah, so mm-hmm. we then then you start really, and mind you, we're growing up together. Yeah. Are you, you know? the same age? Yes. We're, Ooh, we're wow. like three months apart. When's his birthday? November 25th. Oh, yeah. right after Thanksgiving. Yes. Huh? He's a Thanksgiving turkey baby. Oh. And so, yeah. So then my birthday's February and he's just three months older than me. But it, I think none of it mattered because we both, he cracked me up, number one. Mm-hmm. And then we both supported each other. Like whatever it was, as crazy as whatever we wanted to do was, we were like, do it. Just Mm -hmm. go do it. Go. I'm here to help you figure it out. And so, you know, life took a turn for us because we were we were going hard. (laughs) We were just like we weren't like the party animal type. It's Mm -hmm. funny. We didn't get to be that type until after we became parents. Uh, I think like the stress of becoming a parent, Uh, a new parent. And also like because our firstborn ended up having special needs. Yes, I've, I've, I wanted to ask you about that because yes. I, I didn't know that about you. Yes. Uh, and I, I know that that uh, could be a sensitive subject uh, to I some people, b- but I know that book. you're open about it. Yes. Because I saw it on your Instagram. I always support it. Yes. And But I didn't know that. Yes. I remember hearing about your two sons, about the 222 thing. We went back yes. and forth about yes. that. But then I so saw... So were you kind of shocked when No, you really. Saw no, okay. not at all. I mean, I know other people that have kids okay. that have special needs as mm-hmm. well. And there's nothing... Mm-hmm. It's not... It's just... It's like shit just got real. Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's totally. not like an, an empathy, like sympathy, like, oh my God, poor, poor yeah, baby. It's just yeah. like, damn, that is a, that's a courageous, brave parenting uphill 
endurance. Mm-hmm. And I don't know anything about having kids. I don't have anything alive in my apartment, Miss <laughs> Darlene. Okay, Not even a fish? I don't even have a plant. I used to have a bonsai have tree. A plant? I had I had a bonsai tree when I lived in Toluca Lake. Okay. And it died. What about a succulent? You Those know, are the easiest yeah, things appara- to Yeah, No, like. you know what? There's succulents outside of my apartment okay. that the manager, I'm sorry, okay. the building, because I live in a very small duplex setting. Okay. And, you know, it's right here in Burbank, right next to Warner Brothers Studios. Okay, cool. And it's, there's just all these succulent, you know, cacti and all that okay. stuff. And, and it's just, uh, it's like, they're all there. And I, I just go, okay, they're there. But if I put it inside my apartment, it's going it. to die. Even spiders <laughs> die in my apartment. I don't know how anything's... That's, that's pretty bad. I know. Spiders are just always on point. They're always ready to fight. You know, they even look ready. Yeah. They, you know, you never see a spider just laid out. Yeah. Well, I guess what I can say about that is we weren't expecting... We were riding a high horse. What's okay? your daughter's name? Bella. Bella. Bella is our 15-year-old. I can't even believe when I say that she's Wait, she's 15, 15 she's now? She's 15. I thought she was like a little kid. No, she looks little. She but looks like a yeah, little kid. People, so Bella was born with Down syndrome. Right. And people with Down syndrome are typically smaller. They right. have characteristics that are very similar right. because, and this is where I do my little spiel on Go Down ahead. syndrome. Please. So somebody with Down syndrome is born with a different set of chromosomes. Right. So we all have a, a pair of in our 23 pairs the of chromosomes, right? Or yes. is that just for sex? Meaning? No, well, that does determine the sex. Right. But we have pairs, and I'll, I'll share a visual, so it makes a lot of sense when you see the picture. So just imagine there's 23 pairs, okay, meaning two, in each, in 23, so there's 46. Right. <laughs> I was like, I'm bad at math. Anyway, in the 21st pair of chromosomes, a, tr- a triple chromosome gets added during the process they don't know why there's no reasoning behind it but it does happen one out of 700 births Mm. and so because of that extra chromosome it changes how the person develops right and so somebody with down syndrome they that's why if you notice people with down syndrome kind of look similar right right they have the slanted eyes the thicker neck the thick tongue they may not have a nasal bridge right um there's a cool fact about them but my daughter has a semi-increase, which means if you look at your palm, you have two lines. Typically, there's one straight across. Right. Okay. Right. So um, that's a, what they look for when babies are born. And it was one of the things they noticed about her when she, shortly after she was born. Well, and she didn't have one or have She those? had one. Uh. And she also had other characteristics. I guess she looked more like an Asian baby, the doctor said, mm. than a baby that was born to two Hispanic parents. Mm-hmm. And so these signs triggered an a response from the doctor to have her tested. What year was this? And this was in 2007 and Thanksgiving week. Cause she was born five days before my husband. Wow. The 20th of November. And so my husband got the news before I did because I was going through an emergency C-section and everything was going haywire. Um, she was choking. And so they had to get her out right away. Right. So the instant moment that I went into birth or I went into labor mm-hmm. less than four hours later, she was here, mayhem, chaos, hospital machines beeping, all of that stuff. Like, we didn't even think she would make it. Wow. Yeah. And then on top of that, they observed, because she was choking, they observed that she had these characteristics of having Down syndrome. And it was Thanksgiving week, so they couldn't give us an answer right away because of it being a holiday week. Mm -hmm. So it took double the amount of time that it would take to confirm that. And what they do is they draw a blood sample and they check your... 
your chromosomes and it shows up. And so we got the confirmation. She was still in the NICU, which is the neonatal intensive care right. unit. And she was um, getting her oxygen levels back. And I was just like, okay, I'm a, I'm a new mom. I don't even know how to take care of a baby. I had an idea because I helped my mom with my little brother when I was 13. But I was very maternal. I just was afraid on having these extra things to worry about. Yeah, that I mean, I, that's a whole different planet of uh, un, uncharted territory. Totally. Meanwhile, my husband always had a good grasp, or at least I believed he did. He made me feel like he did. And this is where I'm like, man, we were just meant to be because Alex grew up with a little sister who had cerebral palsy. Mm. And not saying that they're similar in any way, but he special needs he had a special needs family member and i never did Mm -hmm. and so actually rosin was one of the few people i knew with special needs as being his little sister um but his entire family was like it was if if it was going to happen thank god it happened within their family because they had so much to teach me and to help me with Mm -hmm. right and so that just it kind of sets you up for the path you needed to take totally and i was able to kind of cut through a lot of the red tape that new parents of special needs kids have to go through mm-hmm. you don't know who to ask or how to ask right. or what to ask and my mother-in-law was just so great about like ask the doctor this ask the doctor that and so was my mom um because i would forget about asking the normal questions sometimes yeah right? that's easy to do though yeah there's so many other things you're worried about you're juggling yeah. so many thoughts and 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 um, obligations right. and things you you want to attend to right not just that but just as the kid being a mom just spending time with her and And then Bella had a lot of problems the first year of her life. We called her the million dollar baby because within a year, her hospital bills racked up a million dollars. Yeah. And we were in and out of the hospital for she had RSV, um, which is that virus that's going around right now. It's like a respiratory virus. There's a triple threat going around right now. And then she also had seizures that came up when she was six months old, which we didn't know why. And it just didn't never. It didn't stop. It's a plethora of of just avalanche. Yes, an avalanche. And so how do you deal with that, Darlene? If I may ask that, how do you how did you get through that? I mean, did you find yourself crying? Uh, Did you you find yourself? Uh, feeling helpless I felt I cried a lot when like she had to get treatments and I could I seen her having to suffer and things that I couldn't help her with like that stuff made me cry I would cry like holding her down trying to get an IV um I'm getting like choked up that's okay I would cry like having to see her go through an MRI machine because I never had to do any of that. Right, me neither, you know? I know. And it, it, you feel so, it's like you can't do anything. Yes. You have to stand by and watch it yes. happen. And then so, um, you know, you just, the thing is that when you care so deeply, mm-hmm. like you just deal with it, no matter what right. it is, you just deal with it. And one of the things that bothers me the most, and I hear it all the time, and I know people don't mean wrong from it but what they'd say is like i don't know how you do it i don't know i would never be able to do it and it's like well when you're there you're gonna yeah. do it when you're in the <laughs> trenches yes you're going to get through the war you're going to you have, you have to, to. Yeah, there's no other choice it, this has to work yes there's no option for failure no period no and, and and it's not even about you anymore and that's not. the other thing and that's the thing the that the and i i commend you for tolerating their ignorance, yeah, you know, because I've almost had a lot of different kids with a lot of different women. Mm-hmm. Okay, probably have to cut this. How part many? Out. 
Okay, like six. Okay. Okay. Throughout my years. Okay. Um, and all of them had abortions. Oh, wow. Okay. Not by my, like, oh, you got to have an abortion. Gotcha. I, I was willing to thug it out. Okay. Um, did I want to have a kid? <laughs> Not really. Yeah. You know, uh, I was having too much fun. Yeah. Uh, but then uh, I just, I knew. Like my mom said, like she was just like, you know, once you have once you have a kid, once she's pregnant, you're out the window. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter anything it's about, not about you, you anymore. anymore. You're just there to provide. Yes. And, and to be that guy, to be a man. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, you know, lots of women can play that role, too, because my mom raised me on her own. Uh, uh, eventually, when my dad took off and they got divorced, my mom had to be my mom and my dad, which okay. is why I gravitated so much towards big boy gotcha. and all these you male roles. Yeah, figure. I did. And I needed somebody to check me, Yeah, you know, because my dad, he, he checked me, but I was a kid and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's just different when you're a young man, when totally. you're a teenager. You, I always feel like kids need their moms, mm-hmm. right? Kids need their mothers. Yeah. But once you're a te- preteen and a teen, they those need their fathers. Yes. Period. It's just how it works. That's why there's a perfect yin and yang balance to have that male role model, not just because he's a dude and he could be like, hey, don't talk to your mother right. like that. But you need that. Yeah. You need that male dominance. Yes. In a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying that men do more. It's just. It, no, again, the energy is different. It's, the energy is different. Even with. Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm going to totally digress, but it, it's it comes down and I don't want to compare kids to dogs, but <laughs> but. Just like with dogs, it's the tone of voice totally. that you use and that oh they my understand. Gosh. Yes, you I know? would. I was so deadly afraid of my dad's yell. Yes, he never had to hit me once. Right, I was like, as lo- if I heard my dad, forget it. I was straightening up. Yeah. I was ready. I that was look vacuuming. Of disappointment in his eyes. Right, <laughs> yeah. it wouldn't even be a yell. Sometimes it's my just mom like, could uh, throw anything yeah. she wanted at me, and I wouldn't even <laughs> <Yeah>. be afraid. <laughs> she would throw her shoe or the freaking vacuum, whatever it was, yeah. and it didn't. My scare mom would throw me. like shampoo at me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Poor I remember she slapped me with her scarf one time. <laughs> I was like, you know, that doesn't hurt, right? <laughs> oh, did you yeah. ever have hair for her to pull? Um, yeah, she didn't really pull my hair. The hair pull is she, a good one. I remember my mom and my my sisters getting into crazy fights when oh, I was okay, a kid. Okay, so you have a sister. I have two sisters. Actually, oh. you know what? Here's an interesting fact about me, Darlene, is I have uh, three brothers and three sisters. But the three brothers and one sister are from my dad's oh. side's previous marriage okay. before me. And they're all in Mexico City. Oh. So I don't really have a really, I met them when I was like 11, 10, 11, maybe 12. Mm-hmm. We hang out for like a summer. Dang. You know, and then they all went, and I never seen them again. Dang. And, uh, you know, here are we are. Are you guys now. like friends on Facebook? No, not no? at all. I don't even know if they're on Facebook. Oh or, my you gosh. know, And I don't think they know how to find me because I'm, I'm under Sketchomatic. Oh, they yeah, they yeah, know yeah. me as Christian. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, where was going to go with this? Uh, uh, as far as the family and, and, oh, but my two sisters, yes. My two sisters from my mom are my half sisters, but mm. they're more of my real full gotcha. sisters because they raised me. Okay. I was raised by women yes. mostly. Yes. Which is why I have such an affinity for, <laughs> for women. women. Yes. I mean, they're, <laughs> I, they're wonderful. <laughs> I grew up with my mom and dad and they've been together since 1985. Yeah. And I always had a good marriage to look towards. Right. And also my husband's mom and dad were together even longer. Are your mom and dad still married? They are. They are? Yeah, they what? are. What? They're still married. What? I mean, that is, that's yeah. fucking Mexican as yeah. hell. You know? <laughs> they are. They're still married. They're still going every year. They go to Vegas for their anniversary. Aww. They're, um, 
they're just they're the best they hit the slot machines yeah, together they, i love, they love that. it they love going to yeah. concerts i try to hook them up whenever i can do they go on road trips together all the time yeah you know what? my grandparents used to do that yeah they used to do road trips to, yeah. to they, like the grand canyon well my dad was like a dj in the 80s and so we grew up with like i grew up in the woofer i don't know if you ever heard that joke by dane cook no i think it's he, dane cook yeah but dane he cook. pretty much talks about like i was in the woofer i was dancing in the woofer yeah. or something like that yeah. and it always reminds me of me and my sister the whole place is fucking speakers you think you're going into the bathroom and you're like i am in the fucking woofer how did i get in here <laughs> oh my god don't go in that door that's not the bathroom guys that's the woofer they should put a sign that says the woofer because this is the bathroom. It's like one of those raves when they, remember those kids that would wear the big white gloves yes. and the glow sticks and they they get up right up in the speaker. Yeah, totally, like, boom, boom, totally, yep. And just not like yeah. head banging their so head. So my mom and dad grew up partying, yeah. and then they um they just hit it off and like have been in love ever since. So that's really awesome. But all of that to say that we had strong relationships to look forward to yeah and i also never felt like i i I just wanted somebody real i didn't want to go through the tangent of people of like let me test all these guys like i didn't mind dating i like dating but then after maybe a solid year and a half of dating i was like man this is lonely yeah dating sucks yeah like i'm just ready to just settle and i want to move on and grow with somebody oh yeah and so luckily, like, I mean, I, I know I'm lucky that I found that and yeah. I've been able to build a life with Alex and it's been, God, I mean, we've been married since 2010. So we got married later just because everything kept happening. Let me ask you something yeah. in regards to your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, Bella was born when? Who's older? Who's the oldest? Bella's the oldest. Bella's, Bella's 15. my firstborn. When she turned 16, it's coming up on well, 11. No, she just turned 15. Right. Okay. So, but she's when she turns 16, are you throwing a big party for her? So, here's the thing. A lot of people ask me that. Bella, her personality, she hates parties. Oh, really? Yeah, she's, she's antisocial. She's anti. <laughs> she would rather just like let me have what I want in my room, on my bed, with my iPad, let me chill, and you guys do whatever you want. Like she would handle the birthday cake well, <laughs> and then that's it. Yeah. Like, she does she does play not... video games? No, no. no. What does she pretty... like? So Bella is super chill when she's not in a bad mood. She does have some pretty aggressive behaviors, and this is where I struggle a lot with her because um, she can't. She's considered nonverbal, which mm. means that she cannot communicate using words. Mm. So she has an iPad that has about two hundred. She's built up to this to about 200 different icons that can help her communicate. That's cool. Okay. And so it's called Pro Quo To Go. It's an app and they teach you this at school. And so she can request things on there when she feels like it. It's up to her, right? Oh, wow. Um, but she she can do it. Um, but the thing is, she chooses to not be very vocal. Communicative. Yes. But then it hurts her when she can't express herself. Yeah. And when she's in pain or if she's just like not having it. She. When I can tell is I have to be really good at reading her cues mm. and things like and that. And her body language. And, her bo- and right. I've always done that since a baby. So that's never changed. And she is pretty severe, like on the spectrum, I would say, mm. where she's... She needs a lot of handholding. She's still in a diaper. Mm. She's um, she's able to walk and she's able to handle certain situations. But when she turned five, she got also diagnosed with autism. Good Lord. Yes. I mean, it's so just... So she has a dual diagnosis and it's super rare. How does that even... It's like a, a rare comet hitting your, your life. It is. And scientists don't know why 
both of them happen. <laughs> at the same damn time. I mean, so, well, was one after the other or did she have it the so entire Down time? So Down syndrome you're born with right. because it's how your chromosomes right, obviously. are Obviously, no, I meant the... Um, autism the, the came autism, yeah. years later and I think it had to do with her seizures, mm. but I can't prove that. So, Interesting. Um, I've met other families along the way that have had similar situations where their babies had seizures at six months of age to a year and they did certain treatments like Bella did and then two to three years later down the road, they get diagnosed with autism. So You have three kids. Three right? kids, three kids yeah. so, And you have Bella and then your two sons. What yes. are their names? So then I had my son, my second son, Alexander Christian. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and he was born two years later. Nice. And that Bella was actually hospitalized one year. Uh, she was about 13, 14 months old. And she had RSV. So mm. she was in the hospital with that for about a week. Mm. And then I remember watching president obama get inaugurated mm. that was when it was happening that was a hell of a party yeah and man i was just like in the hospital watching history unfold yeah me too and i remember crying when i was that happened. i was really there emotional was a lot of electric too. electricity in the air it seems like everywhere you drove in burbank here in la or especially in burbank because that's where we're at yeah and at that time i was working at power 106 with yeah. a big boys neighborhood in the morning yeah and i just remember being in my studio hearing the, the news and just like tearing up not bawling just crying it was emotional it was like damn this is like happening this has changed yeah you know and totally. just the way he spoke it every, was you know it was a really proud moment yeah. and also it just gave me a lot of hope for the future yeah. because i here i was with my sick child in the hospital yeah and about and, to give birth to and yeah and then i get pregnant right after right and i freak out because i'm like i can't handle another baby were you worried about yes. your son yes. possibly having I down was, syndrome as well I was not even thinking about other kids, right. but I've learned that God likes to surprise me with pregnancies. <laughs> so he, he was, you weren't planning on it. Were you no. planning on Bella? Um, semi. Yeah. Like we were talking about mm -hmm. it. And, and now what about your last kid? No, no, that was just no. a come, complete surprise. I mean, come on. My kids are so old. Yeah. Like my daughter was 14. My son was 12. And then I find out I was pregnant during COVID and wow. I had an IUD. So like, how What's does somebody IUD? get pregnant? Oh, oh that's right. Yeah, I, 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 it's like an intrauterine device. Yes, it helps yes. block it's sperm. It's like a dam. It's like a dam. I know. <laughs> and it didn't work. Oh and I'm God. like, how did this baby really pop through all of that? So mind you, I'm super busy. I have these kids, but let me just kind of fast forward to make sense of my fast story. Fast forward. Let's do it. I have Bella. I'm a new mom. I'm lost. I'm confused. I don't know what to do. I'm a stay at home mom. Mind you, I get pregnant shortly after with my second i start writing out my thoughts on a blog black back then it was called blogger mm -hmm. and um one day i get a response from a stranger and they were like thank you for sharing this i had a similar experience of my kid being in the hospital mm. and i wrote about how how sad and how lonely it felt to have a baby and not be able to bring the baby home with you right and i had to drive home with all the balloons and all the flowers in my back seat and, and no baby and car seat yeah. and no baby yeah and, and all the setup at home for the nursery everything. everything's like, ready to everything go everything i wasn't expecting to happen happened Jesus. and so my whole life changed right that's when the shift happened where i removed my ego because i had to and then everything was about keeping this baby alive right and so my whole life became about this baby like i even lost my own sense of self mm. because i just 
I, I'm a very empathetic person to begin with. So like I was just feeling everything Bella was feeling and I was just so distraught and I wanted to make sure that I was trying to cover all the bases. And so when I felt that instant connection of a stranger responding to my blog, which I thought nobody listened, it reminded me of you, how you always say nobody's listening. Yeah, nobody like, is listening. I'm listening. Yeah, well, you are. I mean, you know, uh, it's as far as like, you know, the masses, but you, you know, know what but I mean? yeah, I mean, I'll be, I'm a little modest. It's about 12 people listening. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. No, be quiet. <laughs> no. So anyway, yeah. So I, I understand, though, because I was that same way. Like, nobody's going to listen. But that was right around the time that social media was emerging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so um, I think MySpace was definitely out. And I would write little, like for Christmas, I would write updates on Bella and I would send it in my Christmas cards. And it's funny because people would respond and write back or call me and say, I always appreciate your updates. And then I, it gave me like fuel like yes. it was passion yes i know that i know that feeling because yeah. i gotta jump in here yeah the fact that you say you listen to every episode is very important to me i do say that nobody really listens but the truth is people do listen mm-hmm. i am almost up to a thousand there you plays go uh as a whole total okay right and you barely started like a few months I ago just well it's been it was at the end of july okay the end of july right and then Right before, right after Tim Conway Jr., my yes. account got suspended, which really sent me into a spiral. It physically had an effect on uh, me. I literally started getting these like hives. It's almost like a hive, but it was like a not a boil, but an ingrown hair around uh, my ankle, right? And it turned into this real big. It looked like I was turning into Brendel Fly. Oh, you know what gosh. I mean? I was like, "What the hell's going on here?" <laughs> I was like, "God damn you, Instagram!" And it gave me this this. But then. That's when you started communicating, going, "Oh, I, I love the podcast." That and other people that that I worked with in radio yeah. that live like for my, for example, my friend Al Coda who lives up in Seattle, over in Seattle. I'm going to say up because they are north. Yeah. Okay, he lives up in <laughs> Seattle, and he's he worked in at Power with me for years, and he was on the air. He has a son of his own now, but he listens, and, and these people listen, and I'm like, you know what? That is important to me it, it does it gives me fuel like you said it gives me the fuel to keep, keep going. going and it's uh very um it's very supportive and i do appreciate yeah. and even for thanksgiving i gave shout outs to people who yes. supported me since day one and, and here's the thing you have to know you're doing this for you but also you're doing it for the people listening yeah. and you got to do it when it feels right you right. can't force it right i know you feel pressure i can tell like i don't know you that well but no. i sense yeah you feel pressured to keep an episode going weekly yeah because it is important important to have you know like a, a steady right. thing like people like that yeah. but also people realize like when you're as real as it gets mm. that life gets in the way yeah and you know we recently had a pushback because you and i both lost somebody that we both know and i didn't even know you knew him oh forrest so, yeah let's talk about that i wanted to talk about it. he just passed away forrest martin uh for those who don't know him he was an incredible human being a very kind soul very intricate with the technical and the audio ear he had. He would buy all these vintage, out of this world, like sound machines that that you couldn't find. And sometimes I think he would even build them himself with like oh, vacuum wow. tubes and oh, crazy shit. And he, again, I didn't know him that well. I only met him through Kelly, Kelly, Kelly. Shout out to Kelly, 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 otherwise known as K3. Uh, Kelly Doherty, one of my, if not, she's like a sister to me. Okay. For sure. As well as a very dear friend to me as well. But yeah, Forrest, he passed away from liver cancer, unfortunately, at the age of 45 years old, I believe. And I it is shocked. very scary. How did you know Forrest? Um, when I started interning here, well, 
because we're going back and forth a lot, I'm going to zoom really quick. I did the blog and then my, my mm-hmm. husband told me, you know, you can do something doing this as a job and surprised me one day and took me to the Academy of Radio Broadcasting. Ah. And I had like a little interview and they made you feel super important. And we're like, we're looking for your voice. Like, yes, sign up now. And it was like $13,000 to do a seven month program. Wow. Yeah. Did and you, you ever j- hear of that place? I did vaguely. And I never went to school for okay. for radio. I did take a, a, a quick course in Hollywood at some old building one okay. time that they would let you do a demo. Gotcha. And then they'd play it on like an AM station at okay. four in the morning. Right. <laughs> so simple. Similar, it similar was sort vibes. of, yeah, it, but it only costs like a couple of hundred bucks. Yeah, well, yeah. while I was there, and I promise I'm circling back Go to ahead. Forest, no, no, he okay. has a lot to do with the yeah, beginning yeah, we're going to come back story. to Forest right now. Um, right when I went there, they made you feel super important. They want you to sign up. They're like, sign for this loan. Let's do it. You could start on Monday. Then at the end, they closed with, oh, wow, you came all the way from Pomona. Do you happen to know a Tammy Trujillo? And I was like, I have no idea who that is. Mm-hmm. This is my first time ever coming to some radio place and so i was really excited because i was like dang i can do this like this is right up my alley i'm already doing it for free okay i gotta ask you this now we're not going to digress i'm going to dive deeper into the radio thing and then we're going to circle back to force and uh, imaging director audio extraordinaire yes creative mind forrest martin we're going to get back to that yes and comedian (laughs) and and just a naturally funny guy i'm just naturally funny looking uh (laughs) so when it comes to uh radio okay Earlier, you had said at the beginning when we were talking about your dad mm-hmm. and your family, mm-hmm. your dad was a DJ mm-hmm. in the in the early eighties, a party DJ, a party yeah. DJ, mm-hmm. right? And you, none of your family, and I always ask this about my yes. guests. None of your family is in media. None of your family was no. on television, radio, no. nothing. But your dad was a party DJ, and he had turntables. On the side, my dad right. did tile floors right. for the union, and right. he went far with that and did that for as long as I was alive. Right. And um, but. On the weekends, he was a DJ with what his brother. What was his DJ name? Um, I don't. God, I don't. I know everybody knew him as Tony. Right. But like my my. It's funny uncle, how most Mexican DJs are named Tony. <laughs> <laughs> my uncle Jimmy actually like spearheaded the whole thing, and then my dad was like his party crew, I guess. Yeah, well, I was. You in know a party what I mean? Crew. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I I never really remembered their party crew name, but I know that there was a party crew. My involved. party crew name was Success. <laughs> Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. really? <laughs> Culver City success. That's funny. Yeah. And they were like targeting the Whittier area. And so they did parties and nightclubs. And then eventually my uncle and my dad bought houses next door to each other. Oh, wow. So they connected their backyards and oh, it was just a huge that's party. Awesome. My uncle had his backyard connected to his best oh, really? friend in Studio City. Yeah. That is what you're the only other person that I've ever met. I'm yeah. sure other people have that. Yeah. But you're the only one that I've met that had their uncle yes. do the same thing. <laughs> so our backyard's connected. Brilliant. And so yeah, I never it was actually a far thought like it my family thought I was crazy for even attempting it. Um but I just went balls to the wall and mm. I chopped my hair off. I went with the whole fresh new look. I mean, I had like the whole pixie cut going on and I buzzed half of my head and everyone, oh, wow. everyone was thinking like, she's losing her mind. It's finally happening because <laughs> they were expecting it. Right. I had these babies. I and mean, yeah, you're a mom. I was a what young were your, mom. What were your kids thinking when you're like, why are you shaving that um, side of your hair, mommy? They just thought I was cool. Yeah, they didn't it was care. cool. It's very futuristic. Yeah. Yeah. And my neighbor did hair and she was like, I'll hook you up, girl. So mm. she still does my hair. Shout out Ash beauty box in LA but man it was just like the change I needed yeah, and yeah. it gave me new life like I finally found what I you found your to calling do. you yes. found your voice and I I learned that I needed that yeah. because if I was just 
24-7 focused on Bella, I was going to be sick all the time. What were you doing for work before radio? Oh my gosh, I worked at Best Buy for years. That's I right. sold mobile phones. Mm-hmm. And then I was a barista at Starbucks. So you just had, you had regular jobs. Yeah, I was you always a regular, regular job. job. And you didn't have an inkling to want to get into radio. No, I thought I would be a teacher. Yeah, you. Yeah. I could see you as a yeah. teacher. No, I was totally teacher type. And it's funny because I feel like my job as a producer now, um, as a teacher, you're always chronically observing your students Mm -hmm. and now I'm chronically observing my radio hosts and what their needs are and you have to find different ways to reach different audiences right so all of that because I did go to school to be a teacher and all of that helped me with my job now and I also like to use it as um, an analogy a producer is like a wedding planner because you are in charge of every single detail behind the wedding to remove the bride from all of that stress so that they can focus on their day. Yeah, they're the star. Right? That's and the so star. That's the best way. I Whenever I go to schools and I talk about career day and blah, 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 that's my best when people ask, what does a producer do? Right. And it's all those little details yeah. that and mean so much. I have to say, like a lot of people have a misconception about producers. The they word do. producer is a very broad statement. It it's is. like saying music. Well, what kind of music? Know. You know, airlines. Well, what yeah. airline? You know, I mean, there's a million different ones. Yep. When it comes to producers and radio, I like to refer to producers as like directors as well. Yes. Uh, Jason Ryan, who is the executive producer yes. of Big Boys Neighborhood, is the executive producer. That is his title. However, he is a director. He's like the Spielberg. Totally. You know what I mean? He did, you know, he gives, totally. you know, big, the, the, the X signs, <laughs> you know, cut here. Oh, go longer. He, he makes the longer yeah. with his hands. Go mm-hmm. longer. Keep going. It's that kind of chemistry they have that makes the show so dynamic. A producer is also known as what Dr. Dre does. He's a producer, but he's a music producer. He produces beats. Mm -hmm. I am a radio producer, commercial production producer, meaning I produce commercials. I produce imaging. Yes. Imaging producer. What is imaging for somebody that doesn't know? Imaging is like all the little sweepers and the intros that, like for example uh, when you listen to Big Boy's Neighborhood and you hear Luigi's uh, Rotten Tamales <laughs> okay. right Luigi's Rotten Tamales Review or Luigi's Mom Mom Knows Best okay. it's time for Mom Hey shut up Knows Best Mom's Knows Best with Luigi <laughs> and his mom Don't be dumb Lourdes You're not a kid you're old man Those intros that they play is made by me, voiced yes. by me, and and put together by me, and that's a production that I produced for imaging for Big Boys Neighborhood. Gotcha. That's what. Or and then there's Quasi who does the imaging. He's the imaging director okay. of Real ninety two three. Okay, and he creates all the promos. Big Boys Bankroll. Yeah, it's not him talking, but it's yeah. him producing. What were you going to say? They're the sound of the station, right? Yes, yes, yes. Because David J would do it for our station, and we're in David J's former oh, studio yes, right now are. recording this. Shout and, out to David J. And it was I, like. Coast is such a iconic station oh, yeah. in LA. Oh, yeah. So when you hear the Coast 103.5, you know, that's imaging. Yes. Okay. And that's jingles. Those are jingles. Jingles and part of the whole batch of the yeah. array of things yeah. that you guys so do. So let's make the stations pop. Yes. I'm oh, sorry. I just Stand popped the out. mic. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just ma- it makes the stations pop. It makes you. Go, oh man, I want to hear that. Yes. Or and you're like, if you miss Big Boy's Neighborhood this morning, here's what you miss. And then you hear some clip and it's like, Big Boy's Neighborhood every morning, 5 yes. to 10, Real 92.3. That's imaging. And, and that's what I do for Big Boy yes. in particular. And, and that's Chase a cuts. whole job that is so undervalued and underrepresented. Yeah. I think that if you're listening and you're wanting to get into radio and you, you're you good at that already, definitely pursue it. But yeah. also 
keep in mind that it's going to be hard for you to strike gold. Oh, it's fucking hard. I'm f- almost 45 years old. I'm still struggling yeah. with a K. And you're so talented. Thank and you. I know, for example, my friend David J, who we just mentioned, yes. he did it for years. Oh my God, like years. Almost Decades. 30, I think. Decades. And he has so much experience. And now I know he's looking for a job. So shout out to him if you want to hire him. He's ready to go. Yeah. But man, it's, it's really hard because our industry is changing so much. It is. It's getting smaller and smaller and smaller by the day. And what you do is so hard. It is. You know, it's it's crazy. It's a it's a fameless, not thankless, because I do get thanked let's by my colleagues. Let's just talk shit real quick. Yeah, okay. Let's okay. shit talk. So, Go ahead. So what is the problem? What do you see is the problem? Um, In imaging yeah. or just in production? In, in the job market oh, right now. Oh, okay. Is this what we were talking about earlier off podcast yes. air? In regards to, okay, well, I don't want to talk. I'm not talking shit about my colleagues or other people. No, it's just, just it's, broad. Yeah, broad statement is, here's what I don't like. In, in radio, and I think this goes for any person's job in any industry. It's true, okay? yeah. It's the fact of we're all trying to get through the day to get to the end of the day so that we can clear our tasks, mm-hmm. right? Get the money that is going to be paid to whoever mm-hmm. and go home, mm-hmm. right? And then repeat the process all over again. In radio, particularly in radio for me, because it's where I work, I seem to never get replies from people. Oh. Like, and, and the thing is, it's like I'm not asking people to take me out on to lunch, to take me to Morton Steakhouse. <laughs> I'm not asking for your social security number. Yeah, I just want to. Hey, did you get the script? Mm-hmm. I need that 30 second spot. Mm-hmm. Send me your audio. Mm-hmm. And I know people. Again, people are busy. But then when I hear the excuse of I didn't Do see it, it, or my Wi-Fi modem got abducted by the abominable <laughs> snowman, and then it turned into a mermaid and it swam back into my apartment, it's just like, dude, this is why iPhones. This is why Steve Jobs died. Yeah, making these iPhones. Okay, so that you can look at your phone while you're walking, while you're doing whatever, yeah. and just go, "Yep, thumbs up," or. Oh, stand by. Or there's a custom reply. Yeah. I'm busy. I'm driving. I'll yeah. call you in a minute. But yet, in the same breath of these people, oh, I didn't see it. Oh, I didn't know it was uh. there. Oh, I didn't do this. I didn't do it. In the same breath, they're doing, they're saying that, and they're holding their phones, posting a selfie. <laughs> like, are you serious You're right like, now? do your job. You're the one getting all that money. <laughs> I'm not getting a single red cent that that makes that. sense and i still produce every spot no matter who it's for what client they all get treated with the same attention to detail and tlc as the next person yeah. which means i'm gonna fry your fucking eyelashes yeah, off yeah. when you hear it it's gonna be that's why it's like me working in commercial production at iheart is and i've told this to the uppers here yeah i said hey man you know you guys got a sweet deal okay you got me who is an imaging guy producing your commercials in a sense you're cheating. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? You're using one guy who's really better at this mm-hmm. to produce this. Yeah. And it, everything he produces is like, whoa. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not saying I'm the bomb, but right. I kind of am right, because right, right. I put in my 10 million hours and I'm still struggling. Yeah. But you know what? That's okay because it's the pursuit of happiness, right? I saw this in a movie one time. I can't remember which movie, but it was an actor who said, it's not just about the pursuit of happiness. It's about finding happiness mm. in the pursuit, mm. right? It's it's just being in the game, mm-hmm. being in this studio right now in David J's former studio, right. wearing these headphones, having a podcast with you, being able to edit and do all these things on my own. That's the pursuit. That's what I love. And I'm totally. married to the game. I don't have any kids. I'm not totally. married. You know, I've recently become uh, more sober as far as drinking congratulations thank you thank you it's what's new year's day of 2023 will be my two years right 
And I'm excited about that because it's finally a gift I gave to myself that I really needed. Yeah. And it made me focus and it just opened up my eyes. It's the same set of eyes that I'm looking through, but now crystal clear sober. Crazy. I mean, granted, I still smoke weed, but that doesn't count. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, drinking, it, it changed the chemistry in my brain and, and it killed my mom. So totally. it's, it's just one of those things I needed to just stop. And, and once I stopped, I was able to really hone in on this, the podcasting, the 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 production, stepping my game up. I you know I listen to Howard Stern fucking mm-hmm. religiously, mm-hmm. and it's not just because I'm a fan. It's because I listen to their imaging, their production, oh. their phony phone calls, and I go ah, I can do that. Yeah, I can do that, but not to copy, but to apply and use it for big boy in, in a different way, but mm. the same objective. Gotcha. And that's what I do. So that's sorry, cool. I just went on an no, imaging I love rant that. right there. That gives <laughs> us a good idea because. Yeah. Again, producers and imaging directors and all of that, it's hard to explain what you do. Yeah. And so it's like I'm Banksy of audio, but yeah, everybody's already seen much. my funny face. So <laughs> <laughs> And so um what ends up happening is I find out I Google who Tammy Trio is because I'm mind you, I'm leaving okay, the yeah, ARB. So, so you're this is you now going into radio, right? Yes. So you've worked all these regular jobs. Regular. What time is it by the way? Oh my god, we're already at one oh six. Yes. Holy shit. I know. And it's getting hot in here. I know. I'm gonna give you the the speed down version. And so they asked me if I know Tammy because mm-hmm. Tammy used to teach there mm-hmm. and now Tammy runs a different program program somewhere closer to where I live, which they should have never said, because then I Google who she is and she ends up being the radio broadcasting teacher at Mount Sac, Mount San Antonio College, which is the local community college by where I live. And so I go straight to Mount Sac, literally from leaving that place. You said San Antonio, though. Yeah, it's called Mount San Antonio College. I was like, really? And it's in Walnut. (laughs) I see. And and so I literally take off from Huntington Beach, go straight to Walnut to the college and find that office. And I'm like, how do I sign up? And instead of paying 13 grand, I literally got to covered, no student loans, did community college courses, got an internship at Coast, mm-hmm. met Forrest. So I met him during my internship here and Forrest and David J were like, they were like husband and wife. They were <laughs> inseparable. Like uh, Ozzy and Harriet, yes, was it, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they were always together and he would always walk in and open the door and he would say, David, do you remember the time? And then he would share a story, right? And it was just like classic. So they made my first days in radio so fun and just so warm. And like, it just felt like, okay, cool. My friends are here. Family. It's family. Yeah. Yeah. And then I lost touch with him um, because I- With Forrest? Right. With Forrest because my internship ended, but right before my internship ended, I got a job at KNX 1070, which was the competitor back then. They were with CBS Radio and I'm not going to lie. I like KNX. Do you? They're pretty dope. They're pretty dope. I like just their delivery and their their, their talent or their personalities. I I like them. I worked with all of the anchors and reporters. I was their assistant. So Mm. I was their news production assistant. Did you ever do anything on air? Yes. Let's dive further into that, okay. into you getting on air for your first time. Besides you coming to Coast and okay. doing your internship, where did you get on air first? Like the first time you talked on a microphone. Outside was it, of being an intern? Outside, dur- during an intern, what was, just in general. Okay. First time ever in front of an on-air microphone. You know where what's was funny? It? Bella has always been my gateway to my um, career. Oh, yeah. And so because... I had this pretty insane story of being a young mom, having a child with special needs and being a radio student. Mark Wallengren, who did mornings at the time, had me as his intern and he worked really closely with the Down syndrome community Ah. because his neighbor had Down syndrome and 
And anyway, long story short, he just had a lot of love for the Down syndrome community. So when he found out about Bella's story, uh, he would invite me to talk about her. Ah, uh, so he gave you your first your first chance to yes. talk on the air. Were you nervous? Were no. You, you weren't. You and were that's, ready. That's what was funny. I thought I would be nervous, uh, but because it was such a, it's just my life and like so comfortable talking about right. it. It made me. It gave me that fuel again. Yeah. I was like, I don't care how much they're paying me. I just want to. I just want to keep doing this. Yeah, you, like, you I want to be it. a voice. Yes, right. And you found you found your calling in radio. Yes. It may not have been like I'm going to be an on air personality, right. but to be in the game. Yes, you in know? L.A. Yes, I mean, come on. I know uh, New York's number one, but let's face it. In L.A. LA is the entertainment and capital mind of you, the world. Like, my grandma from Ecuador immigrated from Ecuador to L.A. In the 70s, 60s or 70s, and she came out here as a single mom, raised three kids, did it in this city, this magical city, and now I'm on the radio in yeah. L.A. Like, With Ellen Kay. crazy. I mean, With uh, Ellen, Ellen Kay is iconic Yeah, she on just got air. in the Radio Hall of Fame, which I she know. should have been in years ago. <laughs> I know. Congrats. Let's say uh, real quick congrats. I'm going to play a round of applause for Ellen Kay. Ellen Kay, I just met Ellen Kay through you yes. because of you, because of the Friday Morning Lights yes. intro that I made, which I was... I'm going to I'm going to say it. I was hella fucking clever on that thing because yes, you know I loved it. I'm not going to go into the exact detail. I think I actually did on a previous yeah, podcast. Did. I did. And I pl- Oh, it was the Liz podcast. Uh-huh. And Liz is all, "Are you sure you want to play the intro you made for me? I don't want to get you." I'm like, "Yeah, nobody's listening. Nobody cares." <laughs> I know I was laughing at yeah, that yeah. too. But I'm going to play it again. Yeah. I'm going to play it again right now. This is a very special moment. Coach Madrano, welcome to the very first of the year, Friday Morning Lights. Good morning. Thank you for having me. So then I did my stint at KNX and I had a great time. News is a different beast for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, But this was pre-Trump, mind you. So I can't imagine what it was like after that. (laughs) And so I worked there for about a year and a half and then Coast had an opening for a full-time position. And, you know, that's rare in the industry. Yeah. And Mark hired me as his morning show producer. Okay, so you were working with Mark first before Ellen got the morning yes, show. Yes. Wow, this is some serious history yes, right here. How yes. long has Ellen been on the morning show of seven her own? Seven years now. Se- only seven? Yes. It seems like it's been longer. Yeah, seven. Wow. So when that same year mm-hmm. that all that shift happened, Mark hires me six months before he, he moves to Afternoons. Right. And then he goes to Afternoon Drive. They bring Ellen over from Kiss FM. Yes. So not only am I like a fresh morning producer yes but i'm now helping ellen launch the very her morning show. her morning show this the is ellen a, K. Morning it's a show. whole new again uncharted territories ellen k has had a long history of being on air with rick dees and right ryan and ryan seacrest of course um but then to get switched over to coast and doing her own show no imaging no sweepers uh, none of that stuff yeah. we we literally looked at each other <laughs> And we were like, what are we doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We're just going to we do it one step at a time. We leave holding hands, yeah. like scared, like what is, what is tomorrow going to bring? And I remember her cracking the mic for the first time and it was uh, Black Eyed Peas, I Got a Feeling. Yeah. And she, was, she got to choose that song. Oh. And so she was like, okay, I'm excited. And then after that, she was like, okay, now what? <laughs> <laughs> what's the next and thing? What's funny is people were so condescending. I remember her talking about this, that somebody asked her, so what's your show even going to be about? And like trying to kind of quiz her of and course. she was like it's going to be about feel good stuff and yeah. great happy stories and yeah. positive momentum and this and that and like it's sad that people would even put her in that position because you know what I'm so glad and I'm happy to say that she did it and she continues doing it and it's really hard to be such a positive force in a day like today like it's it's actually 
a breath of fresh air mm-hmm. or did yeah, I know that's that? it. It's a breath okay. of fresh air. Yes. Because people need her. Yeah. People need that energy. They need that voice. It's a family voice. It's a relationship. It's totally. Yeah. And so anything we can do to connect with the community, with our callers, build that relationship, that rapport, help you guys out. They help us out in return. It's been such a beautiful journey that seven years feels like it's been double that amount of time. Yeah. But honestly, it's just been such an incredible time to build with her yeah. and have that experience. And you're still building. And we're still like, we have this vault that we're just so proud of, of all of our special sounds and our callers and things that we've played throughout the years that we can recall and say, Hey, remember this? Let's play that now. Right. And so that's the the beauty of it all, yeah, right? The yeah. magic of piecing it all together, having those memories, building upon them. And then it's, executing them. And, when they're on air, there's a certain feeling yes. of satisfaction yes. you get. When I hear my production, my tributes, when I stay up, when unfortunately when Takeoff from Migos passed uh, away recently, shout out to Migos and, and Migos family and all that. But he passed away, and I didn't know. Guess when he passed? He passed away the day well, after Halloween. It was, yeah, it was Tuesday morning, right? Because okay. Halloween was on a Monday yes. this year. And I interviewed Liz Hernandez that Monday, oh. and I didn't know anything until that next night at ten o'clock because of my friend DJ Splice, who oh. posted on his Instagram a picture of Takeoff, and and then I saw another picture, and it said. It just said it had a sad emoji face. And I'm like, uh-oh. Oh, and no. it was 10 o'clock at night. And I'm like, dude, I checked TMZ. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I knew right then. I'm like, I got to produce a tribute. Yeah. And I produced it, knocked it out by four in the morning, went to bed. But when I woke up, I get a text from Big and Jason going, love it. Let's start the show with this at six. That's satisfaction yes. right there. And I don't mean to build off Takeoff's demise or to, to his, un, his brutal passing, but it's the satisfaction of knowing this is important in the totally. hip hop culture. Totally. And I'm gonna I'm going to amplify how important Migos and Takeoff is slash was mm-hmm. to the community by doing this. And I don't get paid extra for mm-hmm. that. And I don't want to get paid extra mm-hmm. for that. It's something to give back to what they gave to us. Totally. That's and it, all. The thing is that no matter what, he was so young yeah. to have such an impact. Twenty eight. You know, like that's ridiculous. Like yeah. I'm still in shock over his I death and when I hear quiet. about it. Yeah. Like I know he was the quietest yeah. guy. It seems like that wasn't it wasn't intended for him. Not it seems. A, but no. this is why you shouldn't have a gun. And how awful that it was just all on tape. Everybody's seen it. Yeah. It's like, gosh. And and those are the, the moments that remind us how fragile life is and how we're all trying to get through this difficult life. Yeah. Because life is hard. Yeah. It life sucks. Is so it's hard. absurd. It sucks. It's it's unfair. And it doesn't. And you know what's crazy is just like a Neil deGrasse Tyson says, the universe is under no obligation to make sense to any of nope, us. It's not, and it's so true. And and any time we can try to connect with you, and I'm speaking to you as the listener, yes. that's the magic. And luckily, we have a great team. Ryan Mantle runs the boards, and he's been in radio for years, coming yeah. from Chicago. Yeah. And so anything we ask him to do. He's like, I got it. And then he's there right there. Like, I want to challenge you and him. And also, who else was really fast at Vox? At like Uh, editing on Vox? EJ EJ is And JoJo. Oh my gosh. It's amazing to watch how fast he is. Like, his fingers sound like they hurt. I know. I used to be like that on (laughs) Orban Odyssey. Do you remember those machines? They were like, they were like, imagine Vox Pro, but with eight with 10 tracks oh, man. and the same thing with a, a little jog wheel board that you can edit and, and has the little alloy wheel and you oh can spin yeah the yeah, wheel yeah i've seen it at school and yes. you just you know it's like all that <laughs> stuff but 
I learned on that first because I wasn't on Pro Tools first. Okay. I got on Pro Tools later. I don't really edit on Vox Pro because that's more for on air and recording callers and yeah. interviews real quick and then editing them on the fly. Mm-hmm. And that's what Ryan Mano does. Mm-hmm. That's what you're referring yes, to for yes. the for the person listening that may not know what yes. the hell we're talking yeah. about. <laughs> but Vox Pro is an editing machine. It, essentially, it's like a reel to reel, but in computer. Yes. Right. And that's what Orban Odyssey was. It was uh, a reel to reel, but with ten tracks, and you could edit at a hundred miles an hour on there, and it cost seventeen thousand dollars brand new. Did it really? Yes, it was a big machine. It was like oh. a big, a whole rig. And then of, of course you'd have to replace the parts and this and that. But when you're saying the challenge of who can edit faster or whatever, I mean, look, you look at Quasi. Yeah. You look at Miles. Yeah. The imaging director at Kiss FM, who's now back in Ohio, but he was out here in LA. He survived the pandemic mm-hmm. and then moved back but these guys are true master craftsmen yes at their at their job they know what to, i i even you're, surprise you're myself. up there too <laughs> well i surprise myself when i'm editing at home yeah or even here and i'm editing i'm not even thinking i see you're going to another thought real no, quick well, i have a question for you because i want to know you've edited sound through the years yes what do you remember being the craziest mm-hmm. way you had to create sound Oh, well, I would do a lot of... Okay, that's a really good question. I love how you just flipped the podcast on me. <laughs> well done there, Darlene. Social Queen Darlene. Follow her on Instagram at Social Queen Darlene. Okay, I the craziest way to make sound, I would make sound before before there was a plentiful of YouTube sound effects and, and stuff to grab off the internet. Yeah. Plural, internets. <laughs> um, I, would, I would actually, when I was working at Power, I had a mini disc recorder, and I would, if I needed... A sound effect, for example, I, I we used to do a lot of bits in the morning, yeah. right? Like character bits. And we had this one character bit named uh, Sanchez, who is like uh, always trying to get into America from Mexico, mm. right? And these writers, the comedians that wrote up the, 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 the bits, I was going to say sketches, but that's an SNL thing. <laughs> but they wrote up the bits and I would produce them. But then one of the bits had Sanchez trying to climb a chain link fence. And I didn't, couldn't find a chain link fence sound effect. Oh, so, so you had to climb I, one? I went outside and I had <laughs> I had my boy DJ Reflex. Shout out to DJ Reflex, right? <laughs> I actually had, I, I saw him driving up in front of power, parking his car to go do his, his on air because he's DJ on air. And I'm, he's like, hey, what's up, Sketch all? Hey, Reflex, can you do me a favor? Can you hold this microphone right here towards this fence? I'm going to jump over the fence. And he's like, okay. <laughs> hey, you'll do anything yeah. for sound. And I did it, and it came out flat. And even we did a, a character named Bustacap, who was a rapper who, who, would, who would shoot his engineers because his engineers would tell him how wack he is oh. at rapping. And that was his, his shtick was, he'd, yeah. Hickory dickory, this beat oh, is real funny. trickery, and they'd be like, "Uh, Busta, yeah, that that was a really whack take. You're gonna have to do it again." <laughs> What'd you say? And this yeah. is, you know, he, he would shoot the engine, and I needed a engineer to fall out of a chair sound effect. Couldn't find one uh, that was dynamic enough, so I put the mic on the floor, <laughs> knocked the chair over. I would do like foley work. Yeah, yeah. Foley work is what those sound effects guys do in movies. Yeah. When you see the guys running on gravel in front of the screen uh-huh. or they add like the, the glass breaking an mm-hmm. actual glass breaking yeah. and they record it that's fully work <laughs> but and i've always kind of wanted to do that in actual movies yeah, yeah. that's cool uh, but that was a good question yeah, yeah i always thought wondered that when i was listening to your stuff i'm like i'm sure he has crazy stories of making sound or even like having to edit because i know you have to deal with ppos a lot yeah. which are like orders yeah. for commercials and in our PPO system stands for 
paperless production order. I didn't know that. Yeah, but backwards, it's OPP. (laughs) Yeah, you know me. (laughs) Well, with PPOs, because you deal with them all the time, I'm like, I'm sure he has stories where he's had to edit old PPOs to come, you know, configure them and Frankenstein them. You want to do a real quick, I'm just going to give you, we'll we'll circle back to that question about, let's shit talk real quick. It's funny, and EJ even said this, and again, I'm not talking shit about my colleagues. It is the cutting corners mm-hmm. that that is is frustrating sometimes because when you have to take a word like the word the or tonight mm-hmm. right and splice it into a new commercial where the same personality is reading but he's now reading it in a different yes, slightly different the octave inflection the inflection and you want it to sound seamless and now I'm pretty good at that yeah. I'm good at it but people take that for granted mm-hmm. they, they're oh can't you just pull it from an old spot yes but it's gonna sound like holy edit Batman <laughs> come tonight yes to, it's just so and then here we, I am yeah yeah it's it's almost like one of those audio books that Howard Stern cuts yes. up you know what I mean and it's just like well, then I went to the <laughs> and had a giant bowl of weed and I smoked it with Oprah. Like it's it doesn't sound it sounds right. obviously edited, totally. but I get it. Sometimes you're in a bind. There's no other choice. This it's like break glass in case of emergency yep, time. Yep. And that's fine. But when when it's when it comes down to it, you got to just do the whole thing over again. Yeah. And, and the problem is sometimes it's just a 30 second read. Just do it over. I know. How much are you getting paid I know. for this? I know. You know, but hey, that's right. That's show business. It is. That's how it is. And a lot of the people that are asking me to do the splice magic, they don't understand the technical logistics that go into it. It's yes. just like, hey, we need to get this done. Do it. I don't care how it's done. Just yeah. do it. Great. And then I send it. And I'm like. And they're like, oh yeah, that does sound edited in there. Mm-hmm. But sometimes that's all you have to that's mm-hmm. all you have to go with. And most of the time, the lay person that meaning the general public who listens who aren't in radio, yeah. they don't care. Yeah. They don't care. They don't they're not, oh, I heard a wrong date in there. I'm not listening to the yeah. station. Or anymore. even the people that write the scripts, right? Because sometimes right. you're like, damn, who wrote this? Yeah. This is really bad. Like it doesn't even make sense. Or they'll sense. just send copy points. It's like a hundred. Oh, it's like a hundred different lines of copy worst. points, and you have to write your own script. I, sometimes when I when we get those a lot, and yeah. I'm like, I can't give this to Ellen. Yeah, she has like ten other thousand things yeah. to do. I'm not going to just hand her bullet points. Yeah. So then there I am trying to pretend to speak like her, right? Because you want it to sound exactly. Right, you have like to that think like Ellen K. And it's helped over the years, but God, I remember that was like. Oh, who did this? It gets a little... Um, dicey. Dicey, great word. It gets a bit dodgy. Yeah. Can you do any accents, Darlene? No, no, hell no. Can you sound super like Chola? No. No? No. Can you be like, you know how other Latinos in LA are like, oh my God, I live in LA. The most I can do, because I actually learned how to speak Spanish by reading hymns from my grandma's church. Wow. And so... Because I would have to go to church with her. Mm-hmm. Since my parents were partying on the weekend, I had to go to church. <laughs> oh, you had to pay so the sins of the that's father what and happened, mom. Right? <laughs> and so, um, shout out to my grandma, though, because she taught me a lot and gave me a great foundation. At the same time, scared the crap out of me. Like, yep. the world's ending by the time you're 15 and yeah. blah, 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 whatever. So, long story short. <laughs> and we're short, still here. <laughs> I learned that that I can really speak. Like, if I had to read something in Spanish, yeah. I can, like, do that. 
So you can sound really like, like almost like you don't speak English. Yes, but right? I have to like feel it. And can have... you kind of do like a, and quote unquote, I know people are going to get mad about this, but it's like a paisa accent. No, you can't, can't. do it. You can't do like, you want to count the one? I grew up with, I grew up with a lot of, of paisas and You want to count the are... one, darling? Oh, <laughs> oh no. dude, your dad, he's a DJ? <laughs> you, the, he's the DJ, he goes out. <laughs> you know? Right here? Okay. Yeah, no, I can't. No, I can't. No, no, no. I actually, I think a lot of people kind of made fun of my accent because I sounded normal, I y- guess. You, you sound, you don't have an accent. Yeah. I, just like me, I'm from Mexico City. I don't speak Spanish. Yeah. I can if you tell me what to say. Yeah. But as to put words together, th- but I'm glad that I don't have that. And what's crazy, and I told this to my pre somebody on my, one mm-hmm. of these episodes, that I was born in Mexico City. My first language was Spanish crazy. as a baby. And then <gasps> I came to San Fernando, and my sisters who grew up out here are also Mexican. Um, Did they know Spanish? They do know Spanish, okay. but they sound white. They, mm. they sound like there's a standard American accent. Do I sound white? You sound, yeah, you could sound white. I sound white. Not white the race. It's just the standard American yes. accent, which is no accent. Mm-hmm. It's very like, hello, how are you? Yeah. There's no inflection of of any accent. Have you seen Cristela Alonso's stand-up? Mm-mm. She does a bit and she says, I know three languages. Yeah. I know English, Spanish, and then I know work language. Yeah. And it's like how you yes. speak professionally yeah. at work. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what's crazy is working here for iHeart in the corporate world, because Power 106 is like college to me. Okay. I mean, I You know, you say so. that a lot. Do you yeah. mean like messy? Not messy, or meaning like me party? messy, me messy, okay. me being party. you were like, so young. I was young, but not that young. I started at Power in 98 when I was 19. That's right? young. I was young. And I was kind of forced to grow up quickly because I was handed quite a bit of obligations, but it was still fun. It was mm-hmm. still party. Mm-hmm. It's just I got into party favors mm-hmm. and I got into, de- of course, DJing, it comes with the territory. And as DJing got more and more popular and when Serato was invented yeah. and DJs and DJ Vice and DJ AM, yeah. these guys Isn't were rock crazy? stars, rock star DJs. And D- AM, yes, he he dabbled in drugs and whatnot. Obviously, he, unfortunately, he passed away yeah. from that. But, oh shit, the, now the studio's <laughs> falling apart. <laughs> um, but like the... Uh, the party favors for me was was my messy part for power. It, it, it just went on. T- it, I did too much. I was suffering from depression. I would always get into these really intense relationships with really beautiful women. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Do you think that's where the yes, you know, all Absolutely. the women, drugs, yeah, yeah. All drinking? That. And what's crazy is out of all the, and I've never done crack, never done heroin, okay. right? But I've taken plenty of Molly and back when it was just ecstasy, and that changes the chemistry of your brain. It lowers your serotonin, yeah. makes you irritable. You know, messed around with Adderall, did a lot of coke, and drank a lot. Do you miss any of it? Not really, no. I don't even remember what alcohol tastes like. Crazy. It's crazy. Like, ah. I just remember how shitty I felt after. I always loved how it made me feel because it, it lowered my inhibitions and I was able yeah. to talk to everybody easier mm-hmm. and and have that liquid courage when I DJ okay. in front of a crowd. Okay. Because, it, you know, drinking and DJing kind of go hand in hand, right? But. Then you, once you get to that point where you start to black like, out. I don't need it. Yeah. Well, I would start to black out and <laughs> oh. then I would, I'd wake up the next day. How did I get here? And I'd, yeah. And I'd, I'd wake up and go like, how did I get here? Dang. And I'd see texts, like mean texts that oh, I wrote. Oh my god. Or like, 
just somebody from who I went out with, like, hey, man, that wasn't cool sketch, you know, like. Did everybody know you were a hot mess, though? Yeah, that wasn't a hot mess. I just drank to the point where I would just, I was so, I was the guy who was like, no, 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 I got it, I got it. I'm going to pay for everybody's drink. Uh, And then I wake up the next day and go, oh, my God. I'd look at my receipt and be like, oh, my God, what did I do? Question for you. So because you were dabbling in all of this stuff at a really young age, were you making good enough money then to do that? Oh, yeah. Okay, so then the money, all of that. Yeah, it was like fame. Like, I I kind of I got to a very high place with Big Boy, uh, like working Fast. at Power, and I didn't have like a cocky attitude. Like I'm at Power, right. I, I, I'm I'm the shit now. I'm a diva. Mm-hmm. It was just more of like, dude, I'm here and I'm making a shit ton of I mean, money, and you can't blame yeah, it. At and the I'm same 19, time. yeah, and I didn't even drink then. It was just about ecstasy for me back then okay and and that but then it played into my attitude at Mm -hmm. work and it it wasn't professional i wasn't Mm -hmm. professional i always had an attitude i was always mad about shit i gotta edit what i already did it what do you mean you didn't like it that sound effect is perfect i was kicking and screaming and it's just like dude just fucking did anybody ever check you oh yeah of course big boy had to check me all the time like not all the time but he had he would be concerned yeah like man what's going on sketch like Thumbs yeah. up. Like we, he knew I had a problem. I, you know, they let me do what I wanted to do as long as the work was done. Mm-hmm. They were concerned though, but they weren't trying to interfere with like you're not going to live your life like that. You better okay. get sober. Okay. They never did that. I kind of wish they did. If but, you, yeah, knowing what you know now, yeah. Oh, yeah. and you saw somebody in that position, yeah. what are you saying to them? I'm just saying, look, I've been there. Uh, it doesn't really help. It's fun. It is fun. Coke is fun. Drinking's fun, but. The problem is, is as you get older, like me, it's the, the well runs dry. Mm-hmm. Eventually, it doesn't have the same effect, and you have to keep doing it. And with drinking especially, Coke, you could just keep going and going and going and going, yeah. right? And then you're afraid to go to sleep because you're afraid you won't wake up, yeah. right? But then drinking, you have to keep drinking to feel normal. Mm-hmm. That was where I was at. I wasn't drinking anymore to party. I had to drink to keep from shaking. Dang. It was like leaving Las Vegas with Nicolas Cage. Dang. That's where I was at. Yeah, it was brutal. I mean, it was the most brutal of all drugs that yeah. I've ever experienced was alcohol hangover. The, the 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 cold sweats, the night terrors when you'd stop drinking for like a week to try yeah. to detox. And I'd wake up in the middle of the night from nightmares. Like just, uh, and now that doesn't happen. happen. You know, I smoke my bowl. I drink my coffee. <laughs> I watch my news with Brianna Rufalo. <laughs> and you know what I mean? And I just, I'm feeling good. I feel, I feel like I'm 20 something again, physically. And I lost weight. Now, granted, I'm, a, I'm thin as a wafer over here. Mm-hmm. I'm like a giraffe, right? <laughs> <laughs> and... But drinking, I I I, blo- I got bloated. I gained weight. Okay. And people are like, the beer oh, belly. Yeah, you look great, Sketch. You look great. I'm like, I don't feel great. I'm just, I'm hungover all the time. Uh, all the time. There was never a moment I wasn't hungover or going to get another drink. And I was working here at that time in 2019. Mm-hmm. It was brutal. So my advice, not advice, but my input to anybody who may be struggling with addiction or it, let's say you're not addicted to a substance, but you're addicted to sex yeah, or yeah. you're addicted Something. to ESPN. Yeah. You could, or your phone. Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> or TikTok. Yeah. You know, all these things are great and fun, but they will weigh on you. So it's just good to just step away. And, and, and I just decided, look, I, I, list, I watched Liz Hernandez. I watched Big Boy. I am a big fan of, of Steve Jobs and, and everything he did as far as creating stuff. I mean, to me, he was like the modern day Thomas Edison. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he changed the world and he innovated things. Yeah. And I did a lot of intros and stuff, audio production for, for DJs back in the day. And I just decided one day I want to be like them. Not, mm-hmm. not like famous. I just want to have the same drive. 
And how do they do it? And I watched Liz. I watched Big. Sober, finally. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to keep this sobriety going just to try it on. Just to see if it fits. Yeah. See how it feels. Yeah. You know, like these joggers. All right, this looks, works good. Yeah. And pretty soon, one month turned into two. My belly started going. I look like the Mexican Dale from King of the Hill. Okay. <laughs> What's up, Hank? Like I had a beer belly, receding hairline. Oh it was God. a whole spiel. I looked a mess. I was more of a looking hot mess than I actually was a mess as far as just work and and getting my obligations done, I just looked. I felt I looked really yeah, just yeah. worn down. Yeah, and I didn't want that anymore. So I decided let's just try it. New Year's Day. I got my last six pack of Stella at six in the morning from Seven Eleven. Right, drank every sip I took was like drinking like battery acid. Mm-hmm. It just like my body was like, dude, we're done. It's a wrap. Like mm-hmm. no more. You're gonna go sober. Keep smoking your weed. Switch over to coffee. Eat your sugar to 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 balance yeah. out. You know you got to give up one vice. Yeah. But the, the sugar intake went way up. Yeah. And the weed went intake went way up. But since then, I've just I've just felt like I'm normal again. You know what I mean? Like wow. as, as normal as I could possibly be. Yeah. I feel like I'm there. Have you ever had to deal with any addictions or any um, things like that? Well, I grew up with a lot of drugs around me. Mm-hmm. Um, like I remember in third grade, I knew my first drug dealer because yeah. this guy grew up with his family selling drugs. So he would bring weed to school and sell it in the oh, playground yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And like nickel bags. Yeah. <laughs> and dime bags. Nicks and, all and dimes. That. And the thing is that it turned me off so bad at such a young age. And plus my dad smoked and I hated my dad smoking. Smoking weed? He smoked cigarettes, but he also smoked weed without me knowing. Really? But then I kind of grew on to Did it. Did you ever like, smoke weed? Did you I've ever do? Never you've never done smoked any- weed. Really? I've never done any I drugs. I am so what? sorry to hear that. <laughs> but I have had edibles. Okay, well then you've dabbled in the and THC recently, world. Okay. Like, I recently had edibles for the first time uh-huh. maybe two years and ago. And how did you like it? I kind of freaked out yeah edibles are rough yeah because i was learning about microdosing Mm -hmm. because in the autism community when you're when you have somebody that doesn't sleep Mm -hmm. they recommend trying indica or like cbd as well you know yeah i gave that to my dog when she was dying of stage four cancer so i heard about it and i was like i cannot have clarity knowing that i'm gonna maybe let my daughter try this and i've never had it i see so you were the guinea pig yes gotcha and so before i even considered it i microdosed i learned about how to do that i tried it and i was like i lit a candle and i thought my apartment was on fire <laughs> i mind you i've never i didn't know what to experience yeah you know edibles though is too it's, it's like you're, you're throwing in even if the, it's a microdose yeah. if you don't it's because of the time it takes to hit you yeah and and when you smoke weed or vape it, mm-hmm. you just take a little a little pull. Like I used to give my mom weed when she she had sciatica. Mm. Sciatica is it plural or is it just sciatica? Sciatica. Sciatica. And I remember she she was she didn't like weed. She, yeah. I mean, she'd get mad at me for smoking yeah. weed big time. <laughs> my son's a pothead. Da, da, da. And I'm like, mom, it's medicinal. Yeah. It'll help. And one day I went. I, I used to work at Groove Radio in Santa oh, Monica, yeah. right? And I I did a lot of production. I was on air out there. Shout out to Swedish Eagle. And and then I went to I went home one day and I went to and by then I was my mom was living with me. Okay. I had already like I was like 18, but I was living on my own. I had moved out my my ex-girlfriend's house and my mom came to stay with me. We were living together and she was suffering from the sciatica thing and she was laying on the floor mm-hmm. and, you know, she'd lay on the floor to try to help. And I came home and I went to get my joint. She already knew I smoked weed at this point. She was cool with it. Because now I'm a, I'm a grown man yeah, or yeah. I'm grown up. I'm adult. I have my own roof, you know? <laughs> yeah, you can and do it under your own. She was like, when you, when you have your own, you pay your own rent, then yep. you could smoke your bowls, Christian. <laughs> 
And I was like, all right. And then I come home and I had a pre-rolled joint, right? A rolled, and I, I had it ready to go in the bathroom drawer, mm. right? I go home and half of it smoked. Oh my God, it was her. And I'm all, no, because here's the thing. Well, it was, but here's the catch is I was like, mom, did, did Elias, her boyfriend at the time, oh. who smoked weed and she was cool with it. She didn't like weed, but yeah. she was cool with it. She drank wine and Budweiser yeah. and shit. Very Mexican. But like, I go, mom, did you, did Elias smoke some wine? She goes, no, Christian. That was me. <laughs> I'm like, really, mom? I was like, well? And she's like, well, what are you going to scold me now? Yeah. And I'm like, Am I no. In trouble? I said, no, mom. I want to ask you, well, what's the verdict? And she goes, I feel better. And I was like, <laughs> well, there you go. I go, she goes, you but stubborn I, lady. I go, she goes, I don't like the sinking feeling, though. <laughs> I feel like I'm sinking. And I'm like, mom, you're not sinking. She was like, but I'm, I'm worried. Yeah. And I'm like, that's just the paranoia. That'll pass. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's part of the territory. Mm-hmm. It comes par for the course. You're going to get paranoid. You're going to laugh a lot. Your yeah. mouth is going to get dry. Yeah. And then you're going to get hungry. That was the weird part, too. Yeah. I was like, oh, what is this? Yeah. Anyway, I was so turned off yeah. by it. And I think what it was is that being around people that had to sell drugs was such a turnoff for me that I just didn't want anything to do with it. Plus, it was a stigma back then. It you know was. What I mean? weed, weed was considered the gateway drug. It was. Weed wasn't even bad. I'm talking yeah. about like crystal meth. Oh, you're talking about like the hard that. narcotics. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew people that were, because again, the area that I grew up in, it was like, in Pomona. Snoop Dogg freaking raps about picking up cocaine in Pomona. Yeah. So it's just part of the culture. Yeah. And so I really hated it because I saw so many it people. It was a negative thing about yeah, it. Yeah. I saw a lot of people I grew up with get taken over by drugs. Totally. And I just never wanted that for myself. And I never. Good. I never. I never wanted that. Like, I didn't feel like I needed it. Yeah. And you don't. You don't. It, it's just, again, it's like it's just a novelty. Yeah. But you do need it eventually when you get addicted to it. Yeah. And you see, like, well, I can keep going and going about yeah. the drug thing, but I did slightly get addicted to opioids for okay. a second. Now, I don't like drugs. Are those like pills? Yeah. Those are like, uh, like Vicodin, Norcos. Gotcha. Uh, what else is uh, Oxycontin? But isn't it hard to get that stuff? It is. It's, it is hard nowadays. It's harder. But I remember not too long ago, my neighbor slash aunt who and manager where I'm, I lived at in Toluca Lake, she had like a, a back issue as well. Okay. You know, she's in her uh, later years of her life. And she was suffering. She had to get surgery done. It was kind of like my mom's sciatica, but it wasn't sciatica. It was something else. It was, I can't remember exactly at this moment, but it was something that had to get her, surgery was uh, was required, Mm. right? And they gave her a bunch of, you know, drugs, a lot of uh, painkillers. And last year, when I, was it last year? Yeah, we went to the the Coast 1035 Disneyland thing, and I got on the Avengers ride, the the one that goes up and down. My back was in agony two days later two (laughs) days later i get home i couldn't even bend over to tie my shoe of sitting down and i know you had sciatica sort i felt and i'll go mom did i'm like talking to my mom in my head you know i'm like mom did i just inherit your sciatica (laughs) holy shit i'm only 40 at the time i'm only 43 or 44 at any time and so i asked wendy i'm like do you have any any painkillers I can use. She goes, Sketch, you can have all of them. Aww. I don't like them. She gave me all her painkillers. Oh my God. And right then, the movie theater started opening back up, right? Yeah. So I went to go see Ghostbusters Afterlife mm-hmm. 
in the theater and I, I bought an AMC pass. I took the fucking painkillers with me and I would go to the theater and I'd pop them. I'd crack them in half and just pop them. <laughs> right. It was kind of like being drunk, okay. sort of. Yeah. And it felt good. Yeah. And the pain was gone. And they it, were. It kind of gives you a little boost of energy. Yes. Right? Well, it, it's very mellow, but yeah, the energy because the pain is gone. Right. So now I feel energetic. Yeah. And, and I, I only know because I've no. had them after my C sections. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But you, you required. I didn't really need them. But eventually I, I got super constipated oh yeah it was the worst <laughs> I that'll mean, rip you a new one <laughs> yo for real it, social queen darlene you have to take stool softeners with okay. okay let's i'm gonna i'm gonna we're gonna wrap up after this we're almost at two hours here we're at 141 are we gonna break a record um well let's see yeah, I mean, Big Boy went two hours. Uh, let's see, Mary went three and a half, but I cut it down to one. Was that three and a half? That was three her? and a half. Dang. Yeah, but I went on and on about my fetish for leggings. And yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. That, you know, so um, yeah. It was do you want to end it with stool softener? I do. I well, I, we'll we'll circle back to something a little less shitty, if you will. Thank you, thank you. I'll be here till they fire me. Oh, John Peake just sent me the Future Endeavors email. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> okay, no, here's what happened. And I'm just going to shorten this. Yeah. I was taking too many painkillers at the th- movie theater, having a great time. I'd go to the theater by myself. It was wonderful. And I saw a ton of movies. I saw Matrix. Okay. You know, what's it called? Matrix Resurrection. Yeah. I saw Ghostbusters. All on these painkillers, mm-hmm. right? Not drinking, no alcohol, didn't accompany it with alcohol. None of that. Just went home, smoked weed. But eventually, a week later, I noticed... I haven't gone to the bathroom. Mm. And I'm like, uh-oh. I called my friend. I called uh, one of my coworkers, Delgado. <laughs> and I said, hey, Delgado, you know, your grandmother, she takes painkillers, right? Well, did she ever get constipated? And she's like, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I was like, what do I do? I'm constipated right now. And she's like, I think you should drink some hot water and walk around. <laughs> so I drank a cup of hot water and I walked around. I took stool softener. Still didn't work. It's too late. I went to I went to my my neighbor who's a, at the time physical therapist, Jim. I'm like, Jim, I am freaking I was I was crying on the phone to him. I said, Jim, I'm freaking out. I haven't taken a dump in a, almost a week and a half. And he was like, Well, he goes, You what, painkillers? I said, Yeah, and he goes, Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's what happens. He goes, You take um Dokalex, that'll work. He goes, Dad, oh, yeah. eat a banana. He goes, but sketch. He goes, like, it's going to pass. Yeah. It's going to pass. It has to. I'm like, I don't know, man. This thing feels like a brick. It feels like a, a kilo of cocaine I'm mewling over. You know what I mean? And I can't get it out. Even those people have easier times totally, passing. Totally. Okay. So finally, finally, I took I took like two or three Dokalex, right? Yeah. I took some other stool softener. Like a like a gummy, okay, right? Fiber. You never needed an enema. I you no, know, I did, I did. I went and got an enema from CVS, and guess what? When I was walking around CVS, I'm so glad you said that because I almost forgot. I'm walking around CVS and I'm clinching, and I'm like I'm like waddling through. People are looking at me like, what the fuck is up with this guy? I grab the the the, the enema. I go home. I get on all fours. You know, ass up, face down, ass up, like the two live crew song. Oh, that's hilarious. And I and I went in. <laughs> this town needs an enemy. And I'm telling you, that didn't even work. No. Right? Dang. At first. Okay. But then Finally. About thirty minutes later. In all of its glory. I mean, but it wasn't it wasn't glorious. It was no, it was it was it was nuclear. Okay. It was like an atom bomb went off. And when I got in there, it still took me really having to push. Yeah. Like I was giving birth. birth. 
And I was like, I'm going to rip my ass. Yeah. Gonna, I was like, I don't care at this point. I don't care. It'll heal. It'll heal. My ass was even like, what are you doing? What are you doing? We can't do this. And finally, yeah. when it came out, it was... God, it you was, poor thing. It was terrible. <laughs> that poor toilet. It even, even the toilet got clogged. I had to wait... And, and flush it down with hot water oh to break God, it down. It yeah. was brutal. Yeah. After that, I immediately stopped. Yeah. Never took another painkiller again. And I they went should through, put that on the freaking yeah. bottle. Forget warning. about just the addiction. Yeah. It's the fucking constipation yes. that ruins When you, you have a baby, they give you mm-hmm. the stool softener with the Norco at the same time. Oh, wow. And so that's kind of how I learned. That works. Yeah, I guess that would be the move. But, yeah. yeah. God I mean, damn, Darlene. I mean, we can... I want to ask you before we wrap up, yeah. okay? Because um, I do have to start my yeah. my regular uh, production shift. Mm-hmm. As far as let's go back to radio, let's fast forward back to radio. Yeah. Um, when it comes to you being in radio now and working with Ellen K, do you ever want to be on the radio yourself? Do you want to have your own show? Do you want to do your own shift? Do you think you? I think you probably could. Now you've been carrying this podcast with yeah. me. <laughs> um, I do have my own podcast. Oh, you do? Well, yeah, let's and talk I just do it whenever I want. Okay. Um, it's a no. It's called Casa de Loco Show. Okay. And it's all about my family and other crazy families. Other crazy and, Latino yeah, families. And no, any any oh, type. Uh-huh. And we just like to collect crazy ass stories that uh-huh. have happened that you've experienced that you've gone through that you've overcome or even some that maybe you didn't overcome because um, we like others to feel because people already think we're batshit crazy. Like, what, Mexicans? Yeah, oh, yeah. no, everyone <laughs> oh, thinks every, my family's crazy. Oh, your family in yeah, particular. Okay, yeah. yeah, and so if we had cameras in the house, they like even our dogs have drama. You know what I mean? Like there's always something happening yeah. that's out of our control. Yeah. We can't help it. And so that kind of inspired the whole show. And I found it that it was connecting my teenager son and my husband and I. So the three of us get together and try to do a show every oh, now so and then. Oh, so it's a family podcast. Yeah, yeah. That's dope. But it's very free range. It's right. like we do have one sponsor that has supported us wow, through the years. Wow, look yeah. at you. So that's pretty cool. And I've been able to keep that up through, um, we endorse a family bike. It's called the Furla Family Bike. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of its original, it's a, an electric bike that is a cargo bike. So I can fit Bella into it. Aww. And I can take her for rides around the city and stuff. That's so cute. And um, it's awesome. Like yeah. it's, we got it during COVID. Yeah. And in a way it was like, it was really expensive. Mm-hmm. So, I just kind of, uh, my husband was like, look, Bella is never going to have a car. She's not going to require like extra expenses like Little Bear with college and stuff. Let's splurge and get this for her. Yeah. So we did. And we got her like the nicest one you can get, which I think topped up at almost $5,000. That's like Um, a real car. Yeah. But no gas required it's rechargeable and it gives her so much life could and you imagine if it took real gas like premium oh unleaded? my gosh no <laughs> but you know we we owed it to her yeah to, to get her something that she can join with us on bike rides now when we go camping we take it That's we dope. can go on the bike trails we have a trailer go to, to the haul beach it around on the, now on the path yeah right? and so you'll see videos on my instagram of that all the time where's your podcast heard on it's, what what what's uh, oh platforms? anywhere you listen to podcasts is it on um, iheart it's on iheart look at you yeah see i don't i'm not on iheart yeah, i work but, at iheart but I'm not on iHeart um, app. Radio it's on app. Apple Podcasts, yeah. Spotify. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, it's like we try to do it. This past year has been really hard to keep up with the extra because that's like an extra component. Um, but I, we do enjoy it. And we've had a couple of really serious episodes. Like we've dealt with a really tragic death in our family. Um, back in 2018, we lost Alex's dad suddenly. And so how? that really changed us and changed our life. Can I ask how? Yeah. Mm. Um, he didn't know that he had a kidney infection ah. and he thought he put 
pulled his back, uh, but he went septic and died. Just like that? Yeah. How long? Like From... within 30 hours. Holy shit. It was bad. And he was young. He was 59. Damn. He was the life of our whole, like the leader of our pack. What was his name? His name was Alex. Too. Oh, Alex. So my yeah. husband is the second and my son is the third. Interesting. And um, and so that really rocked us. Yeah. Um, and we found ways to connect and keep his energy alive. Right. You keep the memory alive, which makes him alive. Yes. Yeah. And so um, I've been able to connect with other people that are grieving and continue to grieve. Um, we interviewed one of my friends who lost her husband when she was only 36 years old, leaving her with four kids behind and how she's living a beautiful life remarried yeah. retired in utah now has even been able to dabble in radio a little bit we nice. met at radio school oh. and then i also interviewed um one of alex's cousins who lost her brother her older brother and her dad within a span of three years damn that's like back to back you know what that's kind of like what i went through my uncle jerry passed okay. in 2014 okay. my dog passed 2015 this dog was like my kid okay oh, yeah, yeah, i know yeah. dogs are dogs oh no but losing a dog is yeah, so it was hard. like losing my kid yeah you know? and she was 10 stage four cancer yeah um i and then mm. right after that that the next what was year, her name lily Aww. i have a tattoo of her right here oh that's right and i have my mom's tattoo up Aww. on my left sh uh what kind of dog was she? Let me uh, see. Springer Spaniel. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I see it. They even uh, put her bowl in there. Aw. <laughs> I was all, I didn't know if like, I wanted did that. did you really put the yeah, bowl? Yeah, yeah, but you know what? That's fine because that was one of the last <laughs> pictures she she took. That's and she funny. actually posed, but it's the detail in the eyes oh, yeah. that make it real. That's, so she's always with me and I put it on my left uh, lower forearm because okay. uh, I'm left-handed. Okay. Oh, you know, cool. So it's yeah. Just, well, like I, it's in my ways. That's my way of having my own show. Yes. But I enjoy being a producer. My overall goal, I see myself as becoming an executive producer. Yeah. Um, I look up to people like Jason Ryan. I look up to people like Michelle Cube down yeah. at KFI. Yeah. Like those are the people that I want to aspire yeah. to continue to be like. Shout and out to I'll, Michelle Cube. She's oh, cool. I love her. Yeah. yeah. And also, like, um, hopefully the money comes along with it because it's yeah. a struggle to make a living and to... Um, in L.A. In L.A. Yeah, for sure. And in with radio. inflation yeah. and in the industry where and everything's becoming, like, everybody yeah. can do a lot of jobs now. Yeah. And um, I think when you can find, when you can be that person that they really need. Yeah. And it's not just, like, technically energetically right? right the energy that you bring the vibe that you bring that's unmatchable sometimes. exactly and that's part of the job it is and they don't put that in the, the description right and you don't ever know who you're going to really vibe with right. right right so i feel like like that's why god and my angels have always kind of taken care of me and kept me and also just the journey, like I've embraced it and it's led me to where I'm at now. Real quick, I was going to say on the, the death thing, mm -hmm. I, I almost left out my mom. So mm -hmm. it was Jerry, Lily, oh. and then shortly after Lily passed, 2017. So Lily passed 2015 and a year and some change later, my mom passed in 2017. So it was, it was like three years back to back. And it's, it's rough. It's and I rough. think that was one of the main proponents. Yeah, because your life changes yeah, it, with each loss. And you know, people, they deal with... with grief and loss differently mm -hmm. i dealt with it by by doing drugs mm. that was how i dealt with it okay i remember getting super wasted the night that my father-in-law passed away because i had no other way to so you drink i drink but i'm not a heavy drinker mm. like i do enjoy social drink and i can get drunk um but i don't like the feeling of being drunk yeah and also like i've noticed that especially after experiencing my grand my father-in-law's passing yeah I got, I was just drinking for like days. Yeah. 
and I think that's the most I've ever drank. Yeah. And it was just because I was just so sad. I was so sad. And the, the alcohol only makes it worse. worse. It just it just amplifies. Oh it. my it god, ignites so it. much yeah. worse. And it feels like it's it. People go, oh, I'm going to drink until I don't feel feelings anymore. But Mm-mm. it only increases that. Yeah. And and I learned that quickly. Like, I just can't, I like, can't live like this. Yeah. And um, even now, like, sometimes I feel like I want a good margarita or I want, like, yeah. a good michelada. Yeah. And then I'm like, eh, never mind. I'm going to drink this Gatorade instead. Yeah. I just, <laughs> you know what I'm, I, mean? I prefer soda now. Yeah. That's my thing. And I, I go to Whole Foods and yeah. I buy their caffeine-free Whole Foods brand. It's called 365 or 360. Yeah, yeah. And it's good. Yeah. It just, it goes flat quick, but it's good. And I, I, I love it. I mm. feel like this is like my little, my sister Raina, she likes drinking Diet Coke. That's oh, her fucking thing, right? Uh, okay. So does Bill Handel. These guys drink like <laughs> cases of Diet Coke. Like it's going out of style, right? I drink the the little six packs and I'm just, I'm happy. I'm content. Yeah. I don't want to say I'm happy, happy because I don't think anybody's yeah. truly, truly, fully happy. It's the pursuit. Yes. But for me, I like just knowing that I'm at a place now in my life where I'm content. Yes. And and I'm I'm okay. There's things I'm not happy with. There's people I'm not happy with. There's falling outs. There's people I had to cut out of my life yeah. that were I thought were my friends. But I think being sober really opened my eyes to you know, you can't have certain people in your life because they're toxic. Even though they they can, they're your coworkers or people that you went to school with, whatever, what have you, mm-hmm. you, you got to learn how to just you know you got to learn how to not be available to people that oh are going to bring gosh, you down. Oh my gosh, you have to learn the power of no. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's what Roddy Rich said. Yep, he says no. <laughs> And Big Boy would be like, how do you say no? And he goes, I just say no. I don't even give him a reason. <laughs> it took me a long yeah. time to learn that. To yeah. I still can't just say no, yeah. though. I have to give a reason. Yeah. You know? I've I, gotten so much better at it. Yeah. And also, just doing what feels good to you for yourself, for you. And one thing I've learned in therapy, because I've, I've tried to stick with therapy through the years, um, which it's not easy to find and it's not accessible for everyone. No. But listening to different podcasts is to, therapy. It is therapeutic Absolutely. for me. No. Um, which is why, like, one of yours is one of the ones I listen to because you hear of different people's journeys yeah. and where you connect. And they're with all other the same sort of, not meaning like not the, the same journey, but the struggle what is yeah. they've done and to how get to get, to get into radio. At. And some haven't made it. Yeah. You know, how, they they put in all these hours, all this travel, mm-hmm. and you know, went to this city, that city, came back mm-hmm. and. Then the dream they had was shattered. The grass is not always greener. People think that people work in radio, that yeah. it's all slip and slides and strippers. And, like they're at you know. this event and that event, and, and then they're probably miserable inside. And, and, right? and a lot of them are barely making ends and meet. Me. Like me. Yeah. You know, and but I'm not on air. Yeah. And I don't have an agenda to be on air. Mm-hmm. I just like doing this podcast because I'm good at it. And it, it's something that is a release to me. It is. But it's also a dread of obligation that I face every weekend. Hey, that's, you got to yeah. teach yourself. It's okay to say no, yeah. even to you. And take a break when you need to. But the main thing that I think is so helpful to know that my therapist has shared with me is when you're feeling that overwhelming feeling, Mm -hmm. find peace in whatever you can find peace in. Walk away. And hold on to that for whatever it is. One second at a time, one minute at a time, one hour at a time, one day at a time. And you just hold on to that peace because without that peaceful feeling you're gonna lose your shit oh i've done it many times and it sucks you don't want to live like that i lose my shit all the time on myself like when i make a mistake i I get so angry at myself yes and then also it's important to know too like back to circling back and closing all of this up if you're choosing a career 
in this industry, it's so important to know that you need to dabble in other things to make ends meet. Yeah. You know, you have to like, not only are you going to be monumental for this show or for whatever you do for this company, but also be resourceful. Think about what you can do on the side. Yeah. Think about, I mean, Go crazy. Think about merch. And that's why you see all these entrepreneurs selling their own merch and creating products and things that you don't think people might want, but they probably do. I mean, you look at Liz with the Wordiful and her her gratitude candles and the side bought a sweater. Yeah, I bought it. I didn't, I wasn't like, Liz, hook me up. Yeah. It's like, dude, I'm trying to support Mm -hmm. because you want that, that, what is it called? The barcode scan. Yes, you know what I mean? You want yes. that, that sale to go into the sales index yes. and it, it, it propels other people to buy it. I know I could probably have gotten it for free, mm-hmm. but I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I buy stuff from big boys merch yeah. because it's supporting. It's yeah. all about support. It That's is. the whole point. It is. You know, so I hear you on that and I do appreciate you coming on the show, even though you could have said no. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I've been wanting to. It's just, this is a crazy hectic time for our station. It is. It's, um, it's the holidays. Post 103.5. This is like the Super Bowl of our mm-hmm. whole year but it's a fun time it and is. we're hoping we can bring some joy for whatever that is sometimes this time of year is really hard for people and for families yeah. and i know for even a piece of my family we lost an aunt to covid in 2020 and christmas was her seat like this was her time to shine yeah. and so we miss her so much that her daughter still can't listen to christmas music because it just brings back sad memories for her but um you know we honor her we love her we're always gonna miss her and again this is just life we we hope that we can do this life with you guys and you're here to join us along the way well said darling but thank you for having me sketch there's so much more we can talk about yeah, I, I just have we to can wrap keep it up going because, yeah, I, knew, I knew this would go two hours <laughs> yeah. i knew it it's okay though because i'm so i was fascinated by your stories and 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 your life that you've lived and you're still living your journey and there's so much more to uh, to look forward to and there's so much more we we will talk about on the next episode yeah, when you come back will sure, you come back on the course. show all right great yes. I, I appreciate you so much Happy social holidays queen to you. darlene <laughs> are we leaving anything else out i just want to make sure i'm not leaving any- i mean if you want to stalk me just look it up on instagram yeah. i share my life on there yes at and- social queen darlene she is the morning show producer for ellen k's morning show on coast 103.5 fm los angeles and is ellen k uh, syndicated in any other markets yes. what, what, what other the markets ellen k weekend show we're we're like in 70 other markets. So Saturday mornings, you'll hear us all over the place. Does she have a podcast as well? Yes. The LNK after show, mm. which are like afterthoughts of after the show. Sometimes you'll hear her say some bad words yeah. on there. Yeah. Things you wouldn't imagine Sweet. her to say. <laughs> Let me ask you this. I, I don't want to, I don't want to seem like I'm downplaying the fact that I had you on the show, yeah, but yeah. I, I am curious because Tony Sanchez and I talked about this because yeah. I said, I'm going to have Darlene on the show. I met LNK that day. Mm-hmm. After I saw you and I, I said, hey, I'm the guy who made the Friday morning yes. lights intro. Yes. And she was like so sweet. And she had said she had just was crying because she was interviewing somebody. Not sad, like, oh, like yeah. weeping. It was just more of like she was touched. She yes. was moved by yes. something. And she just, you know, ran some tears we down. the cry a lot. Yeah, on that hey, show. I cry all the time. <laughs> I cry. I'm going to cry when I go home. Um, but she came out of the studio and, and she, I go, can I take a picture with you? And she goes, yes, I was just crying. I go, oh. And I gave her a hug Mm -hmm. and I felt like she needed it Mm -hmm. because she kind of leaned in and Mm -hmm. she doesn't know me at all. And she took a bunch of pictures. she's so sweet. Yeah, she was so sweet. So I wanted to ask you, as her producer, do you think I might be able to get an interview with her? Ooh. She is such- For my podcast. So she is such a busy lady, but Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say no because she is- all about 
helping people yeah. and you know sharing her story. She has such a great story. I know. I want to hear it. And look, it doesn't have to be a two-hour podcast. Let's make it one of our yeah. New Year's like goals. Okay. Intentions. Let's let's try that. And it doesn't <laughs> again. It doesn't have to be like our, a marathon yeah, yeah, yeah. podcast because you have time to to kill. Yes. You know what I mean. But with Ellen, she's obviously a very busy person. Thirty minutes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, thirty totally. minutes and, and maybe an hour if it goes longer. Yeah. We'll just say thirty minutes. Yeah. Wink, wink. You know. <laughs> well, let's see what I can do. Yeah. Maybe. I don't want to make you have to answer for her, but you know, just put it in her ear. Yeah, take her I temperature will. on it. Totally. Hopefully, it'll work out. But again, Darlene Rodrigo, yes. <laughs> social queen, Darlene. <laughs> Thanks. Mitch. I appreciate you, Darlene. Appreciate you too. Talk to you again. Oh, good for you. And how was it? The Sketchomatic Show. Hey, too much information and shit, man. Shut your mouth, essay. Okay, bye.